one of the reasons why, and I hate that we can't go to a show without mentioning this, why BVS made as much money as it did. Uh-huh. Um, you have... You have something that people want to see. Lion yeah. King, the original, was very popular. Yeah. It still runs as popular today. Yeah. People were going to go see it no matter what. But yeah. let's be real. They butchered that soundtrack. I heard the soundtrack isn't that good. Uh, Beyonce... Huh? Did you see the movie? I have not seen it, um, but let's also be real. You throw Beyonce is something they're gonna show up and support it. So, yeah. so yeah. Disney knew what they were doing, the and Beyonce, they had Beyonce her doing nights stuff. were in full in an effect. They were. Don't get me wrong. I and I get it. Mm-hmm. I went to go see it. I paid for for three butts in seats. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was taking my kid. I was making sure we went and saw it. But yeah, you know, all in all, like I say, the CGI. I will never trust the. Dis- the Discovery Channel again. All that shit. <laughs> don't, don't tell me you can't uh, do perfect dash shit. shots no more. I get uh, it. Shit. That shit is uh, CGI shit. as fuck. <laughs> Disney put that shit out. Uh, and shit. I think Disney owns Discovery, so... Uh, I, I, I think so, too. I'm, I'm confused because how is this live action? <laughs> I'm like, I don't think they used one actual lion. I don't think they used one actual, like, real lion. Like, no, I, I think don't know. they, like, photo captured. Okay, then, but like, is that still considered... Is yeah, reanimated. So I'm like, is that still considered? Like, I don't know. Like, no, it's not. So why do they keep saying it's the number one live action? Because I think it's like a live action translation in terms of it being fully looking animated. So you know, it's just a different style, I guess, to them. But right. I know what you're saying. It's special effects, like motherfuckers. I still think in in the, and someone said I think it's also. If they didn't want to do the animated, it's probably their number one animated film. Can you imagine? It would probably take like 30 years to get all the ones to eventually do all But that's things. what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, to get that movie done correctly, they really want to get real actual lines. <laughs> yeah. That would take fucking forever, dude. So they're just like, come on, go over there. Go. No, no, he chose not to. It's going to be another couple days. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let's see what Mitch said. Mitch said there's a single live action shot in Lion King. There's technically a hybrid. <laughs> Either way... It's probably one of the birds. Anyway, Disney getting everybody the fuck out of here. Um, I, uh, uh, also a big round of applause for Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, it's now officially, you know, at first it was the number one Spider-Man film, but they said, fuck that noise. <laughs> We're now Sony's number one film. Of all time. Of all time. As of today, Sony's number one film. That is that's a big get. That's a that's a big thing. Now here's my thing. Once again, people keep saying, "Oh, Sony might take it back." Uh, why? They have no reason to take it back now. Ugh. They have no reason to do so. And someone said, "Well, Sony." Ooh. Yeah, exactly. And right. people said, "Well, Sony makes bad decisions." I said that was before one point ten billion dollars. <laughs> I mean, that was before one point ten. Now that we reach one point ten. You don't fix $1.10 billion. Uh, 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 I like the way you say that because it sounds like extra cool. Instead of saying $1.1 billion, you're $1.10. Yeah. Zero don't mean shit. Zero don't mean shit. <laughs> but $1.10 just sounds extra good. It just sounds better. It just sounds better. It sounds better. Extra good, like. It sounds better. Um, Sony, uh, uh, y'all, y'all owe them a fruit basket. Y'all owe Marvel a fruit basket. At least give them a fruit basket. At least give them a basket and say, yo, thank you. Because that's that's 100% Sony. And Disney hooked that up. Disney said, yo, you rolling with us. So you rolling with us, there's perks that come with it. It's, you know, there's bat privilege, and now there's Marvel privilege. Yep. Like, we can officially say that. Marvel privilege is a thing. 
So, uh, shout out to Sony. Um, Far From Home deserved it. Um, it's a great Spider-Man movie. It's the best Spider-Man movie. I don't care what anybody says. People are going to say, into the Spider-Verse. I don't compare cartoons to live action. That's not my thing. If that's what you want to do, go ahead. That'd be like someone saying their favorite Star Wars movie is Clone Wars. Huh. Like, what? <laughs> it was in theaters. It I was mean, in theaters. <laughs> I mean, do you mean the film that took place during the Clone Wars or something? It's the, no, it was the Clone yeah, Wars. No, no, I know. Oh, okay, okay. Right. But yeah, yeah, exactly. But I don't I mean, do that. You get confused. No, you know, I, I got you. Confused. I got you. That's not my thing. That's what y'all want to do. Go ahead, bro. Do your thing. You feel me? But that's not how I roll. Um, uh, we're going to have a guest in because we got some shit to talk about. We got some shit to talk about. Um, but uh, a few more things um, before we get started on that. Uh, R.I.P. Krypton. Oh, yeah. I heard. That got done. That um, got done real quick. I'm going to be real with you. I don't know too many people that liked it. You know, I mean, I that mean? watched it. Not not like, oh, but say, watched. I was going to say, I'm in the category of watched. I didn't... I didn't check it. Okay. I wasn't interested. It I, just didn't feel well, like something I needed. Let's keep it a buck. If it wasn't for the Gotham show, we wouldn't have gotten Krypton. Yeah, and I watched Gotham. Yeah, you watched Gotham. Yeah. So I did. Um, I did watch Gotham. Um, the first few seasons were very enjoyable. I kind of I didn't finish the last season. Um. So, uh, you know, it got canceled, and they had a lot of plans. Like, I guess Lobo was gonna. Cause I, th- I like Lobo how they was supposed looked, to get a whole spinoff. He was supposed to get a whole spinoff, and that makes sense because they, you could tell they spent a lot on him. They spent a lot, like how he looked. He like, looked good. Yeah, he looked great. Like if you were, if I'm keeping a buck, if they did that in a movie with Jason Momoa prior to Aquaman, that would have been money. I could agree. That would have been. I could you, agree. You would have. You would have had a Deadpool-like series that would have spawned out of that. Mm-hmm. Multiple mm-hmm. movies, and DC could have played it all the way. Uh, Gerald says, I heard, um, Krypton was pretty good. Um, yeah, uh, I, I heard that it's good, but it was like a loud minority. Like, like, the, the few people that watched it were very loud about it. Yeah. Um, sci-fi going sci-fi, uh, The Expanse got canceled. I'm still not over Deadly Class. Um, Deadly Class was flamed. I'm like, I'm pissed at people <laughs> who didn't watch Deadly Class. I was like, oh, y'all fucking wallet. David Glass was great. That was Russo Brothers. And fucking Wong. Everyone know what Wong was doing. Wong was teaching assassins for the five years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. It's true. Um, but that takes care of that. Um, we need to talk, sir. Okay. Uh, do you want to bring him in first or do you want to bring up a subject? Well, let's bring up the subject first um, and then we'll get uh, Jared. Jared's waiting to go. Uh, that's the homie. I wish we had a license for music because I would play like the classic. Oh, that, yeah, the classic the music. Cla- the classic music for um, it. At least one of the classic ones. My babies are... My babies are back. And they're the number one most talked thing right now. In the way it should be. Uh, if you haven't heard, X is the word, is the letter. Everyone's X-Men, X-Men, X-Men out. Uh, House of X, Power of X... Um, has been a uh, the talk of all the comics and expanding into like more shit. Um, we knew that Jonathan Hickman was gonna do some great shit, but like this is Jonathan Hickman 
without with with no senses on. This is him just full blast. And even on when he did Avengers, even on Avengers, he couldn't go full blast. <laughs> True. Because when you do Avengers, you're doing a whole bunch of characters that other groups are writing, other people are writing. You can't in the X-Men, he said, if y'all want me to do X-Men, I want X-Men. I want all of it. Give it all to me. And he's been able to do that, and goddamn. Um, yeah, I, trust me, I fell off the X-Men bandwagon a while ago. Um, they were a great team as I was growing up, and I don't know, they, they had gotten so much it felt mm-hmm. that it was sad to see that, you know, number one, the uh, movies didn't live up to any of the great stories in the books. Agreed. Um, you had maybe, you know, a good scene here and there. And, you know, they did have a couple decent spinoffs with Logan and Deadpool. Mm-hmm. But all in all, the X-Men kind of haven't felt like they've been whole. And I think what Hickman right now is doing is he's giving Marvel a new jumping off point. Mm-hmm. So as we go forward... And they let us wash the taste out of the uh, what we had before. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. We're going to see a uh, X Men that fits into the modern world mm-hmm. that will be introduced um, largely as probably these versions of the characters in the MCU. So I'm expecting that you know, although we'll see some new younger characters, we're gonna get you know some probably like mid to late twenties or early thirties uh, mainstreams. Okay. I mean, I want. Although I kind of like the idea of rebooting Cyclops, I want older Cyclops. Tell me more. Uh, remember when we had the uh, what's it called Beast fucking the timeline? Yeah. Um, and he brought back the younger version young of Cyclops. Cyclops. Yes. And I like the idea that you know, okay, you got to go on this little bit of adventure with younger Cyclops, a little bit of reboot, but um, just a little bit of the taste of Cyclops Hickman has made me think, yeah, I want that older Cyclops. I don't. I don't want a young X Men team to appear. I got you. I, got I want you. at least not the you know not the main not the uh, not the prior class the mainstream X Men. I got you. You know I, I you. want Cyclops to be older. I want Storm to be a grown ass woman. Yeah. Yeah. I want you know I want give me my X Men. Yeah. Yeah. Give to me my X Men. Um, yeah. Uh, we we finally getting some respect on 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 Scott's name, and it's about fucking time. It's been about. Uh, one, two, three decades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. No, don't get me wrong. He's had moments. Mm-hmm. He's had moments. Um. He was a decent headmaster he, for a minute. Yeah. Doing, uh, doing on assassin mode. I still like when 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 Cyclops was running shit and he was like, "Fuck all this shit. Uh, we're gonna take care of shit." He put together X Force. <laughs> uh, things like that. Um. I. Well, you know, when it comes to Hickman, um, there's a lot of things that, you know, um, aren't straight facts. There's a lot of clues he likes to leave around. He does. And uh, my good friend Jared, a.k.a. at Ice Know Nothing on Twitter, he's been posting a lot about it. And a lot of these blogs have been picking it up and posting it on their page on some bullshit trying to take credit for what he did. So I told him, I offered, the, I said, you know what, man, why don't you come onto our show and people can hear it from the horse's mouth because he has a lot to talk about. So if we can, can we bring, oh, yeah, give me one second. oh good. Uh, MTF says, grown ass X-Men FTW. Exactly. 
Um, you know, I feel like it's been so long since my X-Men have been around that I kind of was just like, all right, you can make them younger. But now seeing them this way, I'm like, nah, grown. Nah, they got to be grown. <laughs> yeah. You can give me younger other characters. I'm okay with that. But these, these X-Men's got to be as growns. I think it's cool that um, we, we just read the third issue of everything. Um, well, no, the second issue of both. And um, I'm thinking Hickman has like a week to convince us that that, that Kitty Pride is going to be a damn swashbuckling pirate. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing that. second I don't hear you on audio yet okay I have audio should be working is it working there we go all right we're in there yes sir hello uh, let's go ahead and uh, have you introduce yourself hello um I'm Ice Know Nothing on Twitter. My name's Jared. I uh, used to work in comics for a long time, and I've been reading them since I was a little kid. And uh, started with Batman and X Men 30 years ago, like this month <laughs> after uh, after uh, Batman '89 came out. And uh, yeah, Hickman has gotten me back in going in the comic shop every week instead of just waiting, you know, and going in a couple of times a month or whatever. And uh, gotten me back in really excited for the x-men again i've like i've never really stopped paying attention but i've gone i've, I've definitely taken uh breaks uh, off and on since like college and, and caught, gone back and caught up every once in a while but that's understandable uh especially with the x-men um you know i said before um that you know if you're an older reader like we have um when you read x-men there's a level of um that is expected with it as in the best you would you get the best writers you would get the best artists you get some of the best stories there's a level that's up there that's expected that you wouldn't expect for everyone else i can say the same thing about batman yeah i think absolutely and like i remember there was a period of time in like the late 90s i think or like mid to late 90s where dc was was uh like intentionally not casting great people for Batman and Superman. I remember like there being wizard interviews because they were gonna they were gonna relaunch Superman with Grant Morrison and and Mark Wade and a bunch of other people mm-hmm. right around that time. And someone I think at DC corporate like 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 above Paul Levitz and above the the comic book side was like, why would you put your best people on Batman and Superman? People are always gonna buy Batman and Superman. Put those people on the Flash. Put those people on Green Lantern or whatever. Which I guess makes sense. But why not have good people on everything? <laughs> like, I agree. I agree one hundred percent. I didn't know that you actually worked in comics. That's something new that I didn't yeah. know. 
I worked in comics production. Um, I've done a little bit of like coloring and lettering, but for the most part, just processing all the artwork and lettering and everything at every stage. Like I would get the pencils in and then make them ready for inks and send them to the inker and vice versa all the way through the final uh, combining the letters into colors. That was part of my job. And then I made digital comics as well oh. for, uh, for Oni Press. I did that full time for three and a half years, but I worked off and on from college until three years ago. So I worked for about 16 years in comics. Damn, uh, that's dope. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, like I got to do some, I got to do awesome stuff and just threw it at Comic-Cons and whatnot. I've got to meet really cool people. And I've, I've worked on comics with, um, you know, uh, Paul Dini was actually the first comic I got to work on. Oh, was man. His uh, creator-owned Jingle Bell. Oh, that's like Jingle Bell? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's now an image, but it was originally published at Oni. And he... Uh, he and Shane Glines, who did all the female character designs for uh, the Batman animated reboot when they came back and they kind of changed styles a little bit. Like, the two of them are the ones who created it. So I got to work on a, uh, uh, or, or co-created it. I think uh, Stephen DiStefano also mm-hmm. worked on it. But uh, yeah, like I got to work with them. With The first thing I did was doing sound effects for the lettering for that. And it was like a dream come true for me in college because I grew up like you guys with the Batman the animated series. And, oh, yeah. But no, um, between that and then I got to work, you know, with like Greg Rucka a lot, working at Oni, and uh, you Man. know, uh, I, 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 my, my biggest uh, accomplishment, I guess, in, as far as comics would go, would be the last volume of uh, Scott Pilgrim's colors, color editions. I have oh. a credit on because okay. I did a lot of work <laughs> behind the scenes, like his uh, assistants, uh, just because that's. I, I, each volume, Brian Lee O'Malley got, I think, more and more uh, ambitious, and the last one has so many gray tones and so many zip tones, and, and like the art is more intricate than it ever had been before, and so uh, I think it was the first time he had like an actual like like group of assistants working with him, and then when they converted that from uh, from black and white to color, they had needed a little bit of extra work, so I stopped doing my regular job of processing everything else and just worked on that <laughs> for like a couple months. Nice. Yeah. Nice. But that nice. that was a lot of fun for sure. That's uh one of my favorite movies and uh seems to have like sort of dictated who gets to be in comic movies now. Like everybody who's in that has gone on to do other stuff. <laughs> Captain I, Marvel, Captain America. Exactly. Uh, uh Punisher like, in there, yeah. And Brandon Ruth, it's one of his I think it's what's him and uh who's the guy who uh, played Rorschach the two of them are like competing for the most comic book roles ever because Ruth was uh, Dylan Dog in Dead of Night Dead of and Night yeah yeah and he's in Scott Pilgrim and is the Atom and Superman is going to be Superman again in, uh, in the Crisis at yeah, <laughs> TV he's doing a lot um, I heard you're, I mean I also know I don't know Toast knows this you're also a huge Star Wars guy yeah, no, I, I was on a couple Star Wars podcasts for the last several years and taking a break right now. But yeah, no, I I grew up with Star Wars before comics. It's, it's weird, like I feel like Star Wars was our, my, my older brothers and I like intro into collecting stuff because our, da- our dad isn't like super nerdy, but he loved the first Star Wars and he kind of checked out after that. I think he was a grown man <laughs> who wasn't super into nerdy shit. He was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Uh-huh. But when the first one came out, he bought every single toy that came out for my for my brother because he only had one kid and <laughs> was excited. But it got us hooked. So we, we, we begged for those toys when we were little. We'd save all our money to try and get them and try to get as many as we could and then didn't really collect anything when Star Wars went away until 
uh, until the summer of 89, and we just we each got a comic book subscription. I remember I picked Batman, and my, my oldest brother picked uh, X-Men, and my other brother picked Iron Man. And then every like subsequent birthday and Christmas, we would all get an extra one because we would freak out if only one of us got an extra subscription. And like, by the time my oldest brother was in high school, he spent all of his money. Like he, he was working a job after school and spent all of his money on comics for us all to read. And like, we see, we sort of for we had our parents forego like being involved. We're like, we don't really care about like you guys getting them for us anymore. We'll take care of it. And, got you. Got and pretty you. much, I, I continued that through high school. Like I. All my friends were going to concerts all the time, and I was like, "Like, you know, that pays for so many more comic books. <laughs> like, it's one night of, of, of a concert." You speak for that. all of us. You speak for all of us. That's how I was. Like, people buying clothes and shit. I was like, "Ah, that's about five comic books right there." Well, I mean, you got, I look at it like this. I still have the comic books right over there. They're still not at the concert. So who won? <laughs> who won right? Uh, Tracy says on the air. I, I did. I, he thought that you were British. <laughs> That's dope. That's dope. Um, but um, so something happened recently. Um, some bullshit, I must say. Um, shout out to comicbook.com. <laughs> yeah, they were uh, kind of obnoxious about it for sure. That's like, I, I I get like I even had like one tweet taken before like on BuzzFeed or whatever with some stupid hashtag. Like like shit like that happens all the time. I get that, but the way they 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 framed that about the. Uh, the House of X and, and Powers of X theory, Powers of Ten, <laughs> so, so silly, uh, theory, yeah. uh, was, like, they even said, I think, in, uh, there are multiple versions of their headline, the way their, their Twitter interface operates, but, like, one of them was one fan's theory, you know, yeah. Yeah. shakes the X-Men world or whatever, and it's like, it's an, entirely my tweets, a bunch of them, doesn't add anything, and then tries to, like, act like well everyone was talking about it i just happened to use your thing and not even tell you and yeah they're uh, one of their senior writers used my uh theory and and thread for the entirety of his article yeah quote. i'm looking and at then, it now and he and like here's the thing and you you hit me up about it you were like does this happen a lot and i said it happens to me a lot all the time it upsets me, but it happens so much. I'm just like, whatever. I, unfortunately, there's not much I can do about it. I think what upset everybody the most was that when the dude was called out about it, he was being a straight dick about it. Like, yeah, like I, I don't want anything. Like, like I, I did say I would have preferred to be asked, but exactly. I also acknowledged exactly the not shady shit to do if they take everything from my shit would just be to tell me, hey. I'm gonna post this, like, mm -hmm. or just so you know, we used this. Mm -hmm. Like, he didn't tell me even after the fact. I wasn't online for like three hours. I was doing, so, I was doing something else. And when I popped back on, saw that it had happened, and like, I, I didn't tag him. I did tag Comic Book, but like, I, I don't know. I, I wasn't trying to call him out as much as just complain. Like, hey, you guys should let people know. Exactly. And, and yeah, and I, like before, I ended up blocking him because he was not, he because he was coming at me hard, like so yeah. defensively, yeah. like. Just uh, like tell me, I should be grateful and shit. Yeah, like, like I did you wow. a favor. Like he was talking mad head. Like I was Ugh. like, bro, are you serious? So well, and I, it's okay. like, like like I'm not looking for fucking Twitter followers. I don't mind, but I'm but it's not like the, the reason I'm on there. You know, like it is it's talking about elevating my profile. It's like, dude, I've I hung out with Axel Alonso every every uh, you know San Diego Comic Con the entire time he was the editor in chief at Marvel because he's he and. Sean uh, Murphy are friends with, with with my brother, and it's like I don't know, <laughs> like I don't need anybody from comicbook.com to help me in comics. Exactly. Like, like, like I was at Greg Rucka's 40th birthday party and babysat his kids. Damn, I, I didn't even know all this about you. That's great. I, 
I, I'm just I, I, I don't I, I don't like brag about it because I don't exactly and I that's what care. makes me respect it more like <laughs> like to you you're just like this is just what I lived through in life it's not something I need to propel my career forward like you know yeah so no, that's and, dope man um but uh let's highlight what they went through all that for so I'm going on your tweet right now and I'm gonna retweet it right now so people can see it uh you posted potential giant hotspox house of x spoilers um, for those of us who don't know, because we were gone the last week when it happened, um, so I gotta put this in my top ten favorite issues of all time. Um, House of X number two. Oh which yeah, man! Just completely just fucked up everything. <laughs> well, and I gotta give it someone else. Like they were way more just I think spitballing with what because they came up with the same idea I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I know that I'm not the only person that thought. That some of the timelines might be shifting because that big reveal in House of X two with with Moira's uh, Moira McTaggart being a mutant and having lived through uh, ten lives to date. Well, let me uh, ask you, what do you think about that? So just, just to catch the readers up, or people who haven't read it, House of X number two reveals that Moira McTaggart actually is a mutant, and her mutant power is that it's basically like Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, yep. so she actually is a mutant, which makes sense because didn't she have the legacy virus? She did. She was the first quote unquote human to get okay. it. Yeah. And they never really explained why. And this yeah, makes... they, oh, go ahead. They, I, well, I think like they tried to say, oh, it's starting to evolve, like, like viruses actually do, which I guess makes sense. But the whole thing was that it targeted the X gene. Like you said, they didn't really explain it. Like, right, right. And then she had involvement with different mutants in her time. Remember, she adopted Wolfsbane. She adopted Wolfsbane, yes. Um, well, and, and before that, like one of her first major stories was after um, after Madrox, uh, the Multiple Man, was introduced in a Fantastic Four annual back in the day. Mm-hmm. They His next appearance was he was with Moira on, on Muir Island because of all of her research into mutants, like that's what helped control his powers. Like Reed couldn't even do it because he wasn't a mutant expert. So, so like Madrox and Rain, uh, 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 Ronnie, um, Wolfsbane, you know, they lived with her as well as uh, Siren, you know, Banshee's daughter lived on Muir Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was the caretaker for Legion, for, uh, right, right. for, for Charles's kid and then her own son, uh, we Proteus, know, yeah. yeah, Proteus is like one of the most powerful mutants of all time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's had heavy involvement, in and it makes years, sense, which makes it kind of interesting that he decided to dial it back in such a way where it's like, oh yeah, whole time she's been a mutant. <laughs> this whole time, all of your experiences with her and everything, she mm-hmm. you say with her power set, it's yeah, totally can go unnoticed. And she totally has to different. relive her life, and she has, and she knows. Like of her past life in in utero, like, and she said that I had to like not talk, even though I knew how to. <laughs> like, this is the most science fiction shit I've read in the comic in years, and this is the type of shit I was used to when I was reading comic books as a kid, reading X Men and shit. Cause, it, cause, like, one thing I've always liked about the X Men were like their powers were very like 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 people were trying to make sense of their powers like with the <laughs> x gene and how Iceman doesn't just shoot ice he absorbs moisture shit like that there's been other people with similar powers but it's never been explained in a way and things like that is what made me love x-men so in house of x number two we find out more metagger has lived nine lives they said uh, this is the 10th right okay the tenth right currently yeah 
Okay. So she's lived nine entire lives with one life. It looked almost like, which is kind of interesting, that because you know all her timelines kind of come to an end, except for the Age of Apocalypse timeline. Right. Which is kind of which I think out of the ten timelines kind of gives us uh, a uh, a deviation mm-hmm. that leads to uh, some clues as to where he might be going with this. Um. So you posted. Uh, Potential spoilers, the future of Powers of Ten is about Mora's ninth life with Apocalypse. Because one right. of the lives that was shown, she was with Apocalypse. She even, like, dressed like him. Yeah, like, right. okay, is it Apocalypse? Which would make sense of why it would extend beyond her normal lifetime. Because one of the things that, you know, Apocalypse uses for not just his power set, but for, you know, his added life is this celestial armor. Right. So she's dressed like him. She might have, you know, wanted to find immortality in her life and she could find that through Apocalypse. Exactly. Well, and, and we've seen that he's used that celestial, he's used celestial technology to, to like evolve other mutants before, like yep. all of his horsemen and other and other people who he's worked with as well. And like we've even seen through uh, Uncanny uh, X-Force and through Uncanny Avengers, in both those runs, they had the they had a previous iteration that are like uh, over a thousand years old yep. of the horsemen mm-hmm. and a two of the first horse or not the first but the final horsemen that he set aside as a contingency plan were really really ancient as well That's true. so like he can create he can imbue mutants with like essentially immortality they're not they're not uh, yeah. incapable of dying but they they seem yeah. to not age anymore I'm getting excited just talking yeah, about this. Sustain their own energies. This is all great. Uh, I'm an X-Men whore. I, <laughs> I I love X-Men. That's my shit. That was my first love. That was the shit that got me in the comic book. So like, I'm just excited because someone made a good point. He said, "I don't think X-Men have ever been this popular in the age of social media." Yes, I think you're absolutely right. Like, because the peak of X-Men popularity, I think, was the like middle of those first movies. You know, but like. But like, like, because that was the perfect group of people who were never exposed to it before, or mm-hmm. who were kids who had their own cartoons happening with X Men Evolution, mm-hmm. and people who grew up on it, like us, either from the comics or everyone our age who watched the cartoons. Like, or people like, who played video games. They were popular yeah. fighting games, adventure games. Like, you had a lot of content for the X Men. Toys, right. absolutely. Um, you put on here. You put on here. In House of X two, you see like a Mora two A and a Mora two B. And it, once again, this is all coding that doesn't really explain much, but you, it seems like you kind of got it together. You said, are pages that tell the story of Mora's second life. Yeah, and, and yeah. They, they even like describe that in the narration, so you can kind of put the two and two together that you know, each one of those pages says you know, Moira 2, 2A, Moira 2B, but there's also the L, the, the Moira L. Made yeah, me I think, noticed that. Yeah, that's what made me think then, after looking at the timeline and when I was rereading everything else, when I got to, I, I finished rereading House of X one, and when I was towards the end of Powers of X number one, saw this notation that was similar with the ML zero nine, and then with that same same notation it says Apocalypse build, and I was like, wait, wait a second, <laughs> I think okay, that's, got you, got that you. has to mean something. <laughs> like that can't be a coincidence. ML nine and Apocalypse. Right, right, right. So, so then I started looking at it and thinking about it more and more, and those futures. Like, they talk about it in that narration, like, that Sinister betrayed the senior mutant leadership. Mm-hmm. But they say senior mutant leadership. They don't say Charles and Magneto. They don't say Cyclops. They don't say, any, they don't say anyone specific. They and then say, I, kept yeah. looking for, I kept looking for references, and the only hint at Charles or Magneto, who we know are murdered by Apocalypse and Moira, like, pretty early on in mm-hmm. that timeline, the only hint of them is this green 
Magneto looking dude in the future, but why is he wearing green? And why is Magneto over a thousand years old? Like that doesn't make any sense. Like sure, he's been resurrected a bunch of times right. and, and well, been rejuvenated. Well, they do have, remember one of the gifts that they're talking about giving back to mankind is an extension of life. So if they're playing the long game, they could have a longer extension that works better for mutants and be oh, giving sure. you know, humans a kind of, like, you know, doing like we do. Here, oh, for here's sure. a generic version. We got the good stuff. Well, and I think like there's even, I mean, there's a lot of hints throughout this that there's some way that they're resurrecting mutants as well, I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I, I do feel like, too, like even even beyond that, there's it's possible they could just bring Magneto back, theoretically, like in some circumstances. But even just the way he, he operates, too, especially after the third one, uh, or, or not the third one, the fourth one, the uh, second issue of Powers of X, where he'd be, see a little more of him interacting with everybody. I've been thinking more and more about that, and like you compare that to how Magneto is in House of X uh, one and in and in the flashback sequences in Powers of X two, mm-hmm. Magneto is not just helping. You know, even when he's on uh, Xavier's team, he's not he's he's not quite like the uh, I don't know team player. Yeah, a team player, soldier, guy. I just don't see our Eric just doing what Apocalypse says. Agreed. Like, not without well, mind Well, let me control. ask you this, because when the smoke clears, Magneto and Apocalypse kind of sort of had the same, like, I don't know, like, I feel like they both wanted what was best for mutants. True. And, and interestingly enough, like, this will be the first iteration of Apocalypse or the first version, and if he changes or whatever, is like, He's never been mutant rights as much as as, as Magneto. Mm-hmm. Like his whole thing is about survival of the fittest, right. and he and people who he experiments on are mostly mutants. Mm-hmm. But there's also like the Dark Riders that are inhumans, and like he really doesn't. He he's more like a mutant version of the High Evolutionary in a, in a lot of ways. I never saw it that way. You're absolutely well, right. Yeah, he is definitely like a mutant version of the High Evolutionary uh, with a some- uh, Tyros complex. Like For sure, and absolutely. It's totally Tyros complex where it's like, no, I need to constantly prove myself. Mm-hmm. And oh. I need to be, be able to prove that I can build people around me to approve themselves that we are the fittest beings, no matter who we are up against. Oh, we, we got a comment against. here. Gerald Gar- Downing says, or maybe Green Magneto is a chimera of Magneto and his daughter Polaris. Yes, I've actually been thinking about that too, and I've seen seen a lot of people float that as well as like from the beginning. Is Polaris fir- officially his daughter? She is. She's so right she official. No, 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 right now. Because remember, there was a time where Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were officially his kids. So I mean, right that's now, what I'm saying. Officially, but I think like she really is though. Like for I think there's been like period. For this time period, they haven't rolled back on her in a long time. But even when she fr- when she first appeared, everybody thought she was crazy. So, sort mm-hmm. of like like they they implied, oh no, you just think you're Magneto's daughter because you were adopted and you have magnetic powers. Like that's that's it. But they eventually, I think maybe even Chuck Austin was the first one that was like, yeah. no, it's it's 100% true. I think and it was a Chuck Austin run. I don't think they've rolled that back, which is amazing considering how much stuff from that era has been undone. And like, <laughs> and like to keep anything and have it be from Chuck Austin, it's not a bad thing, but that's, that's also kind of amazing. It's, it's an okay thing to come <laughs> no, from Chuck No, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, it was a good thing, though, I think. No, yeah. like, I mean, what, yeah, what they did with Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch was kind of like, I don't like it, but then someone reminded me that them being the kids of uh, Magneto was a retcon in itself. It was supposed to be Wizard and Miss America. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, 
Scarlet Witch dressed like Miss America, I guess, was the logic, and Wizard has the same powers as Quicksilver. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Which only made sense as well, but then it was like, okay, you guys went out of your way to change it. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, then you're going to go ahead and change it. Like, the third change to me is just like, okay, it's excessive. The first one was bad enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mitch is saying she was his daughter still in X-Men Blue. So, okay, so yeah, that I'm makes sense sure then. Um, um, but, I, you know, no Marvel, they'll retcon But, you know, but was, at the same time... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say about, like, the Chimera thing, people have been suggesting that as well as, um, like, ever since... I, th- I think even before we knew about Chimera's, just when we could see what Rasputin looked like, people were predicting maybe that Cardinal was a combination of Azazel and Nightcrawler. And I've, I've seen a, a lot of people reference that, which I get why everyone's going there, but to me, like, thinking about it, the whole idea of a chimera is to increase powers, and Magneto and Polaris have the same power. Agreed. And 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 Cardinal and uh, and Azazel both have teleportation mm-hmm. through the Dark Force dimension or whatever. They're yeah. not Dark Force, but uh, whatever dimension they yeah, go through. Azazel's their version dimension. of hell yeah. is is quasi hell. Yeah. So it's like I feel like it doesn't make any sense to do that, and in some ways that might make sense. Uh, I, someone else floated out that that would be why. Uh, Cardinal's a failure, but but it, it, which is possible. But to me, I'm I'm thinking that it may be more outside of the box than that, and that the Magneto is almost like a, a fake out where we think that's Magneto or a Chimera of him, but it's actually a Chimera of Polaris and somebody else. Is he actually referred to, be male. referred to as Magneto? And- He's not. Okay. Okay. Cause nobody I was just names about him. That. Nobody names him or Wolverine. I saw someone else point out the only one of those guys we've had named, uh, or I guess two are Krakoa and uh, Zorn. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. I was shocked to see Zorn there. I'm like, oh shit, we about to get weird, weird with Zorn. <laughs> well, and that's confused people from the beginning too. Like that's, I, I feel like that has hit. I like people use it as slang all the time. I actually do have OCD. I'm like diagnosed, and it def. Like I think that's what made me good at what I did in comics because I had to like have an eye for detail. Uh-huh. But. Uh, it's been driving me nuts because like people have been calling Zorn the other Zorn, like like his his brother, who the ultimate version is spelled oh, with a Z, the second one because of just confusion I think, and partially in like the uh, the director's cut of the first issue of House of X number one, uh-huh. uh, they refer to him as Zorn and Zorn as the X and Z spellings of each, and one was only ever the the Z spelling was only ever used in the ultimate version, right? And this is the ultimate version's costume, but Ultimate Zorn, even though he was created by Hickman, wasn't a mutant. It was in the Ultimate Universe. I feel like it's a pretty huge leap to guess all that stuff. I mean, is it really? There's a, there's been a lot of Ultimate stuff bleeding over. There are I Ultimate th- characters. Yeah, but but I mean, again, he wasn't a mutant in any way. You're true. That's and, true. Yeah. And Hickman has said a couple times that he doesn't think non-mutants should be X-Men. And we know that Krakoa has a mutants-only thing. And there's those the whole list of mutant survivors. Like, I feel like. There's really nothing. We have every reason to believe this is a reincarnated version of the six one six Zorn, or resurrected, or whatever. Well, let but, me like, ask you this: I thing. mean, he could just have upgraded the outfit. I mean, the outfit was better. Yeah, like, well, well, like why not take the ultimate outfit? Remember, Ultimate yes. Wolverine and six one six Wolverine used to wear the same costume, as well as a uh, X Men Evolution Wolverine. Like they right. all had that one. With Absolutely the right. X yeah. on the chest. Like you, you brought up something that uh, this could be for the feed and everyone. I want to hear what everyone's thoughts. Hickman did say that he felt like non-mutants shouldn't be X-Men. What are your thoughts on that? I kind of agree in general, but I think I do like, like, I feel like characters like Warlock, who's a mutant from his race, or Longshot, same, I feel like that should apply. Like Namor? 
Namor does have the X gene. He's like he's established he's as an actual quote unquote mutant, even though he's a hybrid, you know, of two species. Yeah. He technically so, uh, is a mutant. He's, he's a hybrid beat. of three species. He's a hybrid yeah. of the mutant species, the Atlantean species, and the humans. He's more mutant than the mutants, I could say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just love 40s logic, or, or I guess late 30s logic, of I have tiny wings on my ankles, and that's going to let me fly. <laughs> hey, <laughs> powerful, powerful wings, hey, sir. man, that's dope. <laughs> I always brag about how Namor flew before Superman did. People give me shit for that. I'm like, it's facts. <laughs> like, I think... No, Superman was just leaping around at first. Hell, Shazam was flying before Superman. Um, is Namor the first flying superhero? I don't think so, because I, well, I'm not sure. I have to go look up and see, because Dr. Dr. Occult. Yeah. Oh, okay. Appeared before, but, but I don't know what he ever flew, because his first appearance is he's just in a trench coat and uh-huh. investigating shit. Yeah. But, like, but Siegel and Schuster, they turned him into a caped dude pretty quick. They turned him into, like, almost like the shadow, almost. Like, yeah. Like, something like that. I get exactly what you... I, that's worth more in- info, because I, I do research like that a lot. And I was thinking oh. to myself, and I was like, wait, is it really Namor? Like... It's, if if they did make him fly after they gave him the cape and stuff, and the short-lived, like, when they made him more of a superhero, it would have been after they'd already created Superman, but maybe before... He stopped just leaping. <laughs> like, I'm not yeah. sure. Like, and he might not have ever flown. He might just have worn a cape and jump. Well, jump. <laughs> okay, we got a few people commenting here. Uh, MTF says, "I kind of feel like you should be Homo Superior to be part of the X-Men." Um, Gerald Downing says, "Tiny wings, but big wing energy." <laughs> uh, yeah, X-Men should just be mutants. Mitch, that breaks my heart. Um, uh, wait, what? That breaks my. No, the X-Men should totally just be mutants. If you don't have the gene, you don't get to be on the So team. you gonna tell that to Shatterstar, my nigga? I'm gonna tell that to Shatterstar. is one of our uh, exceptions, though. Well, he's a clone of... We, he's the son of Longshot. So yeah, but he's also he, the son of... Dazzler. Of the, ah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. So it's still applies. Yeah, so it's still applies. Does this give us an excuse for for Longshot too? Is e- even though he might not technically have the X gene because he was genetically engineered from Longshot, and they might have egg- cut it out or whatever because they never had him identified as a quote unquote X gene mutant before. Like he's still he is literally both the father of a mutant and the grandson or son uh, of a mutant. Yeah. Son of a mutant. Like, I don't know, would he, would, would he be grandfathered in with his awful, crazy paradox origin? Oh, <laughs> I think it's great. Until you can figure it out, he can stay on the premises. <laughs> I don't want to put him on any team. His paperwork. <laughs> He's got, yeah, he got, he got to get a, maybe he can get an X card. <laughs> I was going to say, this is like some green card shit. Right? Yeah. Oh, man, my paperwork yeah. is lost. They don't know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, take the shot, long shot. All right? <laughs> I still buddy. think it's great that Longshot and Shatterstar are both each other's sons and each other's dads at the same time. Yeah. I just like how it's just an endless loop with you, them. You know who does love that? Who? Beast. Beast loves it. <laughs> Beast is probably like, I love you guys. Oh, you guys man. are great. <laughs> okay, since we brought up Beast, um, and I, I swear we're going to get back to House of X, <laughs> and, uh, I'm tired of Gorilla Beast. I'm tired of Gorilla Beast. What are you talking about? Wait, which, which beast? Like how he about? looks now? I hate it. Oh, how he looks more like a beast? He looked like a beast before. Don't do that. Hey, you watch Beauty and the Beast? I saw Beauty and the Beast. All right. He which, which, version, like gorilla. <laughs> which version do you do you prefer? Which, uh... The, like, the, like... the cartoon version. Okay. That's Beast! Bouncing Beast! Happy Wait, Beast! which cartoon? 
Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. The, yeah, the, the, Fox, kids, the Fox Kids X-Men. The Fox. That is Beast. That is the X-Men. That is... Yes, and that's okay. Beast. Okay. Actually, I don't like saying that's the X-Men. My biggest is. argument is... Then tell me, tell me one character that they did wrong poorly in that show. Can I can I add on to that? Oh oh man, I I, I hate their Bishop and Cable. <laughs> <laughs> but they were I, right I, for I blame the them for everything that happened to Bishop in in the two thousands that for the, all the name dragging because they shoved him into that storyline and in, in into the days of future past and had him hunting people. It's like they they messed up Bishop from the beginning on the cartoon. I still think to this day they don't know what to do with Bishop, and he's kind of just there. I I've had my pitch about Bishop. I said Bishop is a soldier. He's technically a cop. That needs to be an ongoing thing. He should be the police officer for the mutants. Well, to me, that's why I love. I think the best Bishop that I've read, and one of the reasons I was gonna say that I didn't have a problem with that Bishop is because Bishop's been all over the place, and that was kind of Bishop at the time. At least to me, in the books, they were kind of doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. But the best bishop to me, and I would love to see this on screen, is District X Bishop. Put District, put Bishop, because he knows the future. He knows how some mutants might make plays. Mm -hmm. And, you know, things start, you know, things have butterfly effects. <laughs> and, and District X, there's an Omega Mutant hanging out in Mutant Town. And he's mentioned Mr. M in the, M. Uh, the list. Big I, character. I was like, oh, so we're doing our research now. <laughs> yeah. well, he, he put that list of the Omega Mutants and Mr. M was there. And I was like, oh, okay. That's and he, he was, that was another one of the big, uh, like, uh, inexplicable resurrections because at the end of the 198 miniseries, mm -hmm. he was uh, he was tra he, he well, they guess they gave him a little bit of an out. They had him die, but then they had a bunch of butterflies like fly out of his. Yeah, club, so. <laughs> I mean, his power is you know matter manipulation and uh -huh. stuff right. like that. So it's kind of so, like yeah, do you, does is matter ever truly gone? Right, you know? and he's an X Men. Right. So did he just turn? Did a bunch of butterflies just turn back into a bald? <laughs> <laughs> bald old man. It's like, I really like this look. How's it? Doesn't get him a long what time. a hell of a mutant to still survive after decimation. <laughs> like, <fuck. laughs> like, why weren't you a part of that? That's dope. I was glad to see Mr. M on there because I could tell that, um, you know, research was done into this. Um, Hickman um, is covering all the bases. Um, it was good to see. Um, uh, continue on, because uh, you had a lot of stuff to say on here. You said, we also have, have made it clear on the timeline of Nine, Mora and Apocalypse yeah. founded the X-Men. Began working and with there's Sinister. No other mention. There's no other mention of the X-Men on any of the timelines, which I felt like, that means they want us to, no to notice. That, when, or that means they want to, uh, to make sure that the X-Men are on this timeline. Like, there's a reason for that. Okay. And in the future, that would, it would make sense. That, that would explain why there's still the X-Men in the future uh, of, of uh, Powers of X. So maybe the apocalypse that we see on Excalibur, maybe that's from this timeline. Maybe all the timelines start to come together. Oh. See, I, I, I think that that is possible, but if you think about it, too, like, there's no reason why she couldn't just recruit Apocalypse in timeline 10 as well. They don't show that on the timeline... But if she shows up at some point, you know, right around House of X and does the same trick that she's had Xavier do with Magneto, you know, and, and, and with himself and it, the apocalypse reads her mind and is like, holy shit, like mm -hmm. we were we were together for a thousand years. You were my girl. Like, all right, I'm bored. <laughs> I feel like it's not hard for me to believe that she could do the same thing she's done to unite, you know, Xavier and Magneto when they were at their hardest against each other. 
to to get apocalypse on board especially because he's never even he's always been about like making the most fit survive and maybe this but like especially with the way everything's coming together with the with the phalanx and, and stuff in the newest issue i feel like it's possible that that's you know that mm-hmm. seems to be Moira's end goal is just survival, and like I feel like it's something that could easily uh, convince the apocalypse we already knew as well. Well, let, let's take that. Let's take that idea to the next step. Is what if Moira is playing, making a play for the multiverse in the sense that that's her way to get immortality? Since she's able to change ideas and concepts, what if in timeline nine she finds, like you said, the key to immortality through apocalypse? And now she can make herself immortal and she can gain access to other timelines through, you know, the work of, like, say, the X-Men, who end up being able to, you know, manipulate time, travel to other realities. What if she can access and cross between realities? So if she technically dies in an opposite reality, there's another one. Mm-hmm. You know, what what would what could potentially happen in another reality? Or what if she's just able to push herself over to, you know, get that immortality tech in every future line she makes herself? I like where we're going with this. Uh, MTF says... But Apocalypse probably still wouldn't be with the idea of collaboration with weaker people. I don't know. How is that weak? You have access to... I mean, you can technically end Apocalypse whenever you want. He can't kill you after a certain point. So, per what Destiny said, and I think Destiny might be a large reason for more of a play, making an immortality play. If you go back to that conversation, Destiny's basically told her, there's nothing you could do to stop me. So she technically can't go back and manipulate certain events to stop mutants from getting to a certain point because mm-hmm. Destiny will always be there. So she has to make a play for the future beyond somebody Man. like Destiny. Destiny so. was talking that shit, though. <laughs> she was right, though. <laughs> well, and th- that's the, the uh, like, I think there's two things that make me kind of think, because in a lot of ways, if it's just them playing out and she does die eventually at the end of, or some kind of die at the, at the end of Life 9 in the far future, and it is after, you know, the, f- the future that we've seen in Powers of X, and is able to go in with that new knowledge in Life 10, it's in a lot of ways, and it's partially because the way Destiny describes her power of like the universe like bending around her and whatnot, and, and oh. it makes me think that this is sort of a... I don't know, not the traditional, you know, Marvel alternate timeline thing. And the way we're, we're looking at it is sort of deceptive with this infographic. And it, it's a linear story for Moira. You know, each one of her lives or lives, you know, when she dies, her consciousness goes back and the entire universe is rewritten. That that alternate reality doesn't continue on. Mm-hmm. And every one of these is the 616 restarting every time. And, and and in that way, like, because Hickman did say, and I know he said, you know, in the, in a, at the Comic-Con panel, they said they lied in the promotion and whatnot. So I'm not taking any of it as, like, What gospel. did they lie about? Well, they didn't say anything specifically, but somebody asked them and, and, and they said that they lied during the promotion. And people have taken that to mean that you can't trust anything they've said. I personally figure it's just like them saying that they had three decades of X-Men planned and it's a joke. Like, they, they, okay. they're just messing around because, because Hickman's usually the most on the up and up. But like, like, like he said that this story is, is pretty linear and is not time travel and not alternate dimension. And if you think of it as this is just the 616 getting rewritten every time and this is Moira's uh, continual consciousness, this is one story from beginning to end for her, then that would all be true. Absolutely. Even though it's also letting us get like the classic X-Men post-apocalyptic future and alternate dimension stories mm-hmm. that, we, that we love from Age of Apocalypse and Days of Future Past. We get all these kinds of themes, but it's a new way of doing it. And and it all and, and like going back to Hickman being kind of reliable. If you guys remember, if you look it up, like on I think 
I think it's some some of the old articles are probably still up on Newsarama or, or comic book resources or something. Mm-hmm. But when he was doing a Fantastic Four, that was the era where right after where Casada went on Colbert and said, "I swear, Captain America is dead, and we're never bringing him back." I do remember they, that. I remember and then that. when they then when they brought him back. He and Brubaker were like, you idiots, you fell for it. <laughs> we always knew we were bringing him back. It was pitched as a six-month story, and we stretched it out to two years. And it's like, you didn't trick us. You just lied to our faces. Yeah, That's not lied. a trick. <laughs> right. But when Hickman was asked the same question by comics media about Johnny Storm dying, he said, for the purposes of this story, he's dead. He's dead. Everyone in his world thinks he's dead. Yeah. He did not lie. He did not he did not scam <laughs> us. He did not trick us. He told us the damn truth because he knew we were not idiots. He knew we know that he's coming back. You know, the mention, and, the consistent m- mentioning of Hickman with the X-Men and Hickman with the Fantastic Four, it kind of makes me sad a little bit because I really, really wish that when they brought Fantastic Four earlier this year or late last year that it got the same reception X-Men is now. Oh, because it's been a good launch, I think. Uh, the X-Men? Oh, uh, Fantastic, Fantastic Four, too, I think. I but, mean, like, I like it, but did it get the attention? That Marvel it, didn't give it the same attention, for uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I felt like, they. to me personally, I felt like they deserved the same, if not more. Yeah. I, well, I think that we're going to get two different things with the X-Men and the Fantastic Four going forward with Marvel. And I think that has a lot to do with probably the, the, the way they'll be treated in the cinematic universe. And that okay. is, I think that the X-Men are a group that could kind of stand alone mm-hmm. in their place in the cinematic universe with small crossovers where the Fantastic Four and their world is going to be directly integrated into it. Well, MTF here says, but the X-Men are many times more popular than the Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. You're not wrong there. I just feel like more attention should have been brought to the F4. But I think that's why. You have one team that integrates with everybody. I mean, you've already seen them appear in uh, in this series, mm-hmm. House of yeah, and House of X. Or House oh, that was great! Oh, that was great! Yeah. Oh <laughs> man, Cyclops with the big dick yeah. energy, yeah. with the big dick energy. Cyclops is going I, all in. I tell you what, man, you come up to me and tell me, "Yo, say what's up to your son for me." Hey, yo, I gotta knock you the fuck out. <laughs> you no, can tell Galactus gonna pull up on your island. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell, like, like Reed was kind of like, boy. <laughs> You don't get. You lucky that only you could go through that Krakoa shit. I'll come after you. I can tell you right now. You remember what happened when Cable was talking that mess? Reed had Surfer on speed dial. He will come right down. Yo, that was a legendary moment when Cable was going ape shit, and the Silver Surfer just came and fucked him up, and then uh, Cable destroyed the the board. And Cable thought he would, and so it was like, psych. Like, oh, that's cute. Yeah. Oh, I'm, you can do I'm that. burn out all your little techno-organic repairs real quick, hey. and guess what? Yeah, my board right here. All right, I'm out. <laughs> Back to space. Uh, Cable Deadpool was a great series. It was. Cable Deadpool was great. Anyways, um, so back to, you You posted something, um, oh my god, where is you at? God damn it. <laughs> Good old Twitter. Twitter keeps kicking me out. I want to get back because you said a lot of shit on here. And I was just like, my boy is going off. <laughs> um, You said, okay, here we go. Uh, Mora's lifespan explains how Mora, Mora X, so that's Mora 10, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Mora 10 knows about Rasputin 4, Nimrod's Tower, and Cardinal. Yeah, because she, she has that whole thing where they have the tarot cards. And people are talking about it being figurative. She mentioned mentions being a metal morph. She was talking about Rasputin. Like there's <laughs> okay, yeah. like 
she mentions a giant sword and a metal and a metal morph. Uh, and, and like like there's that's who she was talking about. She has prior knowledge of these characters, and she doesn't have future telling powers. The only way she could know this is if there was a future like the powers of X future she's already lived through, which <laughs> yeah. there's only two options for that: life six and life nine. Yeah, well, she, I mean, she goes through and tells us pretty clearly that she's tried a lot of these things. Since the uh, intervening of Destiny, she's gone out of her way to understand the evolution of both the mutants and the machines in our roles in the universe. So mm-hmm. right. her, you know, her meeting these characters, her understanding these characters, her having, you know, followed Charles Xavier since an early timeline. You know, kind of gives way why she would have a lot of information on the X Men, <coughs> you know, X Men threats. Absolutely. Although, uh, when you think about it too, like her, she spent her first two lives because she's surprised when when Charles outs himself. She's like, "Oh, I must be a mutant too." So that means she she spent two of those lives without even really knowing anything about mutants. But she spent life number two starting to research into who she is. So well, that she, is technically she, she was her proving her powers point. for sure, but yeah. but just but but like because she hadn't heard the the term before she flew out to meet Charles and died, like it feels yeah. like, or she hadn't made the connection that that's what she was. It feels like she was she probably wasn't super aware of like mutant politics, probably because she was super, like trying to prove that she wasn't crazy, <laughs> trying to yeah, prove like, absolutely no, I, I have superpowers. I'm not in, I'm not yeah. totally insane. <laughs> uh, you yeah, also put on here. You said the two unidentified mutants on asteroid K. Which also got me thinking, okay, why are we doing different letters? I mean, and it's going backwards. Like, you would think but, probably the next one would be Asteroid N. But I think it's Asteroid K because it's Krakoa. It's a Aha! Okay, see? Okay. Yeah. See, good. It's the island taken and removed, so that way maybe it can't, you know, they can't completely destroy it or get So Krakoa is now an asteroid. I'm okay with that because it's Earth. Um, could, uh, you said unidentified mutants on Asteroid K could be... The Old Man slash Apocalypse and Mora 9. Right, and now we know for sure after the newest Powers of X that the Old Man was Apocalypse. Okay, awesome. And he's wearing the same outfit from Moira's Life 9, which isn't an outfit he's ever worn in 616 with the uh, big uh, loincloth hanging down. Mm -hmm. You know what's interesting, too, now that you bring up the uh, Asteroid K, you recall, and I need to go back and reread this, but when Vulcan showed up, Mm Mm-hmm. Remember when Vulcan showed up? His power came off of a floating asteroid or a piece of a rock in space that was just Krakoa. technically holding him. It was uh-huh. Krakoa. Yeah, it was, it was a piece of Krakoa that Polaris had launched into the atmosphere. Yeah. Okay, so, so that's going to explain how Vulcan comes back. Yeah, Vulcan. <laughs> so I think that's going to be one of the ways they re- they resurrect me. So technically, I think if you either are ingested, you die, or you have some form of contact with Krakoa, mm-hmm. it's able to bring any mutant back. Mm-hmm. Because it's technically a living, you know, mutant. It's a mutant hive mind. So, the, so you saw, and I think that's maybe where you know that research comes from. Is well, yeah, we already saw that Vulcan came back from that. Right, and right, were, right. It was able to hold mutant powers and almost like their essences. And I think you tie that together. That's what they're going to be able to do. Is with the you know with Moira's research, she's going to mm-hmm. let them know, like, yeah, this is one of the you know. This is something you need to look for. There's this more potential in this. Because we already think about how they're combining for the greater mutant good. Professor <laughs> X is in Phantom X's body. Right? That's the, I, I keep forgetting that. Yeah. yeah. but he's so, in- Sort of. Like, like that, that's, that's, something that, that's another one that I keep uh, uh, mentioning to people online. Because it, and it's Marvel's fault and Charles Soule for writing a, a weird-ass story <laughs> that's fun. But like uh, everybody uh, says he's in Phantom X's body, but... 
he's possessed by Proteus right after that happens. And, and That's John true. X Men. Wolverine tries to to save him from Proteus because he's because uh, Proteus' one weakness is metal. Metal. Yeah. So he gu- he guts claws. it. He just he just puts both both fists into his into his stomach and is like, cool. Now you can heal because you're in Phantom X's body. And he starts to bleed to death and goes, No, I'm not. He says, I'm 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 not in Phantom X's body. I used his body to make my own. So he used Proteus's reality-making powers to to change Phantom X into a young, rejuvenated, walking Charles. Wow. So that's so. What you're telling me is that's Proteus. No, because uh, Pro, Proteus is then killed later okay. on. Okay. Like what, what, yeah. like, like Char- Charles probably mind-controlled Phantom X into sacrificing himself, <laughs> and, then, and then mind-controlled Proteus into making him a new body out of it. Nice. Yeah. Like, tra- nice. Tra- well, and like that's even in that whole story. Like Psylocke is like, how do you know? X didn't do what they, they call him in that. Like, how yeah. do you know he didn't make you do this? And Phantom X was like, he probably did, but I'm an asshole. He's like, I've never done anything good for anyone. I kill and I steal mm-hmm. and I sleep around. He's like, but Charles helps people. Yeah, but, think, I, like, I think most people would well, be happier for mm-hmm. me to be gone and him to be back. And so he just, now he's where Charles was before. He's a disembodied uh, consciousness on the astral plane. Well, and you have to think about the moral implications that we've been introduced here with Mora. Moira talked to Charles when Charles was in the chair, which means that these events could still exist in this timeline prior to that event with Phantom X, meaning that he could have gone in knowing the damage that Proteus and Phantom X would both cause and use that to morally justify what he did. Mm. Oh, 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 I think you're absolutely right. Although the first time she talks to Charles, he's not in the chair. He's on the bench. That's true. Or it's, it's, but it's, I mean, prior to, I'm sorry, prior to, like she talks to him when I think like we're, the outfit is supposed to be around the time when he outs the whole mutant. You know, mutant situation, right? No, I, uh, because I thought when he's on the bench, he's wearing that same green outfit he was wearing in the bar when she says Charles Xavier when she first around the same time she first meets Charles. Oh yeah, oh no, no, that 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 is when they first meet when they're when they're still in school. Yeah, and she she has read the mind and everything. So that's what I'm saying is that's supposed to be very early on prior to any of the events that we're seeing now. So him going into some of these situations now, I think what they're doing is we're getting a lot of justifications for. Charles's actions, Charles mm-hmm. putting I, I people totally, in danger, totally etc. You know, things of that nature, and something like this. Because morally, you're like, okay, so yeah, you killed Phantom X. Like, goddamn, dude, you're still a dick. But <laughs> now you see that more convicted <laughs> Professor Xavier mm-hmm. too. Like we said, that Scott, scene, that Scott scene when he's like, you know, does this need to be done? Professor X didn't hesitate. He didn't do like you know what he does. Well, Scott, you know this and that. He didn't reason. Yes, no, get it done. Yeah, I love it. I love it. it I love it. Put respect on Scott's name. And, and, and people have, have pointed out that like that scene that when he's like gets Scott's attention, it's italicized, and they think he might be like mind controlling him. And that's definitely possible. But I get the feeling if anything is going on, he's just talking to him directly. Just, I don't like, think. So. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's important. Yeah. I, 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 if there's a psychic message, it's not mind control. It's seriously, dude. Like it's one of those things or whatever. Well, <laughs> I've been personally, I'm sick and tired of rebellious Scott. That's not Scott. Like. That the rebellious, oh fuck Charles, oh uh. yeah. no, no. Scott was like the the uh, the the prize pupil. Like if anyone was like, let's do this shit, it'd be Cyclops to me. What? Yeah, it's like he didn't have a bad like 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 they had a father and son relationship, but they didn't have a bad father and son relationship. Right, right. Some people do get along with their dads. I know it's a cliche, <laughs> sure. especially in comics. Like. Yeah. It, absolutely, but it's like, I, I totally agree. It's like I, I think about my relationship with my dad, who, to be fair, doesn't like mind control people and erase their memories. <laughs> like, he's a lot less shady than Charles uh-huh. Xavier. At the same time, it, like 
like I agree with him about a lot of shit. And so if he told me to, if he told me to do something, and it made sense, and I and I agreed with it, I would do it. I wouldn't be like, "Fuck you, I'm an adult," you know, <laughs> like because that's an immature reaction. Like, 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 like I don't know, right. man. Like, well, um, I, I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, that's not the way the relationship's been built up. Like we said, Scott <laughs> is. Scott is the captain of the football team. Right. He is the, you know... The valedictorian. Hey, I'm, I'm working... He's the guy you meet as a private in the military. He says, I'm working on general today. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's that guy who is like, I'm all in. I'm committed to the cause. I want to be... I'm it will be done. Yes, he yeah. he's the teacher's pet. He's already yeah. carrying the basketballs out at the beginning of PE. Like, what else? Do you do? <laughs> he is that guy. guy. He's, he's the guy. Is that he's guy. the guy who comes in when Wolverine walks into class with his leather jacket and says, "Hey, buddy, the teacher is talking." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad to see it. I'm glad to see it. I'm glad to see it. Um, but you mentioned something, and I read this a bunch of times, but I didn't catch it until you mentioned it. You said, um, because Cardinal, um, he says. I'm planting the black seed of Kokoa. MTF says in the feed earlier that they probably planted some on the moon. So this is a thing they do now, is plant seeds. He says, I will wait for you as long as I can before I close it on the other side. If you do not come, then I will see you both when the world is made again. Right. And if Moira is their like leader, or one of their leaders along with Apocalypse, then they might know about her powers and might and that might be like the whole basis of his religion because they talk about how all cardinals are kind of obsessed with the religion they created this is true this is absolutely true they found i think and i think that that tie into religion the tie-in with apocalypse and moira's power have kind of given us the idea that they're looking for a way also that is beyond death and you have to think about you know from moira's perspective it's like how do you escape the trap that you're in when you can't just cure yourself as a mutant because somebody will fuck you up and won't let you. So how do you escape, mm-hmm. you know, this personal loop that she's trapped in, which you know, like we said, could be a linear 616 loop in the case of up to the point where she's born totally linear. As soon as it hits Moira, like she said, she's starts back looping back, right? Parts of it loop, but at the same time, I think in a way and Apocalypse might be a slight deviation in her mm-hmm. timeline, but I think in a way they're supposed to also be a point where it continues on linear. We're just trapped, like you said, in this one loop right now, and we're just trying to see where it ends for Moira. Because mm-hmm. technically, she could also die, and this whole thing might not you know, exist. Because as Destiny said, if you die before 13, mm-hmm. and we could make that happen, that's a wrap. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to, to me, that feels like the least... Or almost the the only impossible outcome. Like, 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 I don't I don't foresee like a huge reboot at all. But I definitely don't see a reboot where none of the stories with Proteus have ever happened. Well, where, no, no. And I do think, you know do you know what I mean? Like, I like, like, like mean. Well, I'm not saying that's what you're saying. But just other people are, have suggested, you know, a, a potential where she where where that's what happens. Where there's a reboot with a, a world where she she dies before her powers. No, happen. no. I think I think that if that does happen, and I think it's very possible that could happen. I don't think that will. Necessary, el- necessarily eliminate the loop in its entirety. I think that the events of the loop still happen within the confines of the loop. But I think that, you know, like, for example, any life that she's able to go on past, and I think that's why Life 9 might be important, is mm-hmm. somehow her going beyond her natural lifetime, maybe, might somehow sustain that, that timeline. So because we saw it go off the page along with 10, where we're at right now, I think that, you know, her somehow either creating a duality, existing, maybe even cloning herself, something she's done 
has kept that part of the loop alive. Mm-hmm. So I think that we won't, you know, maybe we'll have that loop, this loop, and then a loop where she dies. Mm-hmm. But two of the loops, I think, could possibly live in everything she's done between the two. Especially because, like you pointed out earlier, she mentions an X-Men in Timeline 9. Like mm-hmm. the founded X-Men that she founded. If she could try to bring them over, I mean, those ties could still somehow be there. You know, right, right, right. She could have gotten extremely close, especially <laughs> given the long amount of time that we're supposed to understand past there. She could also be looking to bring them over another timeline. Thus, in the linear timeline prior to her maybe being executed at 13, mm-hmm. some of those characters get brought over, some of that timeline stuff gets combined, and maybe even she moves over from her timeline 9. You know, powers Which of ten timeline? might be the elimination of. Wasn't there a timeline they didn't show? Yes, yeah, six. We know nothing about. Like yeah. nothing. It's okay. completely blank, and there's no mention. There's no mention of it in the story or in the chart. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Six destiny popped up at fourteen. <laughs> um, uh, MTS. So don't even think about it. <laughs> Just want to let you know she's real. <laughs> well, that would that would be the best. I would love that. I wouldn't be shocked if that's what ended up happening. Like, like, I just real. want to let you know how real this was. Your 14th birthday slice. <laughs> I had a vision of you thinking about it for a minute. For a second. <laughs> yeah. Uh, MTS says, "Remember when I suggested that a clone of Mora could operate like a save point?" I do, MTF. That was the conversation that's, we were having. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, Gerald says maybe the Black Seed is a way for them to follow Mora into the next life. Well, they've said the Black Seed, I think, connects to the No Place on the charts uh, in the first issue, I think. Okay. Which is the tumor on Krakoa. And then when they show the teleportation uh, with them coming in, in with everyone else in, I think, Powers of X number one, they show them teleporting into a No Place, which is like upside down. I do remember that, yeah. At- and then they come out through that to Krakoa. So it appears like the tumor is used as like a waypoint since they don't have the uh, the portals, the habitat portals. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Mitch says she's absolutely going to die. She has to. <laughs> that's the biggest Chekhov's gun. <clears throat> well, and, and that's what I think you can happen to help wrap up her loop and make the escape is you take Life 9, Moira. Who has worked? Who has worked with Apocalypse? Worked with the celestial technology and found a way of immortality. You find a way to bring her to Life Ten. Mm-hmm. You, life Ten somehow dies through what they're doing, mm-hmm. and she's in, she's taken off mm-hmm. before the last before the last life. And what you do is you have Moira technically living on from another reality, mm-hmm. but she's gained immortality, so she doesn't need the loop anymore. And you can have Destiny basically come up, pull up to her at thirteen, and be like, "Hey." I like this one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you know it worked out. Like this is the best possible outcome for mutant for mutants. Mm-hmm. You did it right, and now you know I don't need you to make any changes and just have her off it. Uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, um, our good friend Jerry here says we. Um, oh wait, I'm going back here. Uh, Apocalypse and Moran Nine are even uh, are even fighting the same form of Nimrod and Tri Sentinels we've seen in the Powers of yes. Ten future. Yeah. yeah, that's that's also. I didn't notice that either. The, yeah, that's one of the things uh, on the thread that like that uh, that really jumped out at me, like that supported it, as well as uh, um, no, no, j- just the the sarcophagus too that they're standing next to when you it, that the first panel with the the horseman. Yeah. It uh, it almost looks like the sarcophagus in Powers of X two, mm-hmm. which other people I think I, I can't figure out who said it first. A bunch of other people did, but they've suggested that maybe. Moira is, is inside that sarcophagus, which 
could explain the uh, with the, when the apocalypse war begins, the dashed line for Moira with the arrows mm-hmm. is the same way they represent her being in a coma in Life uh, Five. Yeah. Well, you gotta also remember, and you have to take into account who she's with. What does Apocalypse normally do when he's trying to rest between long periods of life? He places himself in a sarcophagus, allows you know his body repairs and you know the restoration of the celestial energies, whatever. But that would be something you know if they are working together, he would do, and he's fighting you know to protect you know Apocalypse through her next change. Mm-hmm. Well, and and it, if they can put her somehow in stasis, but still have her like you know how they say people can hear in a coma or whatever, still able to communicate to her if not with her then that way they could just be like, we're going to keep you alive as long as we can to gather as much information so you go into the next life with as much, like like the fullest scope of possibilities and knowledge that you can. Which is a possibility, but that's why I was saying, what if she is, she did get powers uh, moved up by Apocalypse, and then she's also, like you said, she's also much like Apocalypse, where she could just take periods of rest and come back, and she's now, like you said, she's just existing in that timeline. Because um, one of the things... One of the things that I was thinking, especially with uh, the way they're setting Moira and Apocalypse up, is that with their interactions with Nimrod, and like we said, you can't get past the ascension of, you know, humans and mutants. Mm-hmm. What we saw was Nimrod became like a very human AI, uncontrollable yeah. Yeah. AI. That very interaction emotional. with Nimrod, yeah. and I think her ability to have that longevity with Life 9 is how they push to basically turn Nimrod's AI into world mind. Well, that was thinking of Nimrod. be able to combine with the phalanx. Right. I think, you know, like we said, you're reaching a period of immortality. And you, know, you guys brought up Nimrod. And I think it's important because I'm, I'm noticing he does have a personality now, which, you know, when the smoke clears, the Citadels never have personality. They've always had, like, a programming. I think that that's important. Could it be, like... Well, there actually oh. there's there's precedence for this. The old Nimrod uh, yeah, became a guy. And he 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 posed as a dude named Jesse. The Jesse with a yeah. construction family. Ah, you're right. You're right. A construction worker and his son, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you're right. So, you're right. So like, like I feel like it. The, the precedence though is just that versions of Nimrod seem to be able to like quick because they are so advanced. Like they quickly start to mimic human behavior. Like all they have to do is hang out with somebody for a little while and they'll start to get the full range of human emotions. Yeah. And this one almost seems manic. Because that original one, you know, like he became just, he became empathic. He was like, oh wait, maybe I shouldn't be hurting humans and mutants because aren't mutants humans and aren't I a mutant <laughs> sentinel? Like he started like getting existential. Whereas this guy is just like a kid. Like this yeah. one is yeah. just like, like petty and mm-hmm. really yeah. sweet and, and manipulative in one moment, but also like, throwing a temper tantrum the next like. and i think that's what we're we're supposed to see is that you know the idea of an evolving world mind in the sense that this ai for a period is mature and that's why i think apocalypse is so essential to the storyline because apocalypse gives us longevity and what they're doing with uh Kuroka is giving us an additional form of rebirth re you know unification of mutants through this hive mind and this channel that i think at a point we're going to find out that all of the mutants that, you know, walk or exist or use their powers or do something mm-hmm. on the island become part of its genetic makeup. And it could remake you. It could basically, like, you know, create or combine your DNA as well. Like, it has a tie to the mutants that they haven't dug into before. 
Well, it's definitely possible too with with the Krakoa, like the sentient walking Krakoa we were introduced to in Powers of X's future, we know now is Krakoa from, from issue two. And he even makes a reference to where, like, this the mutant's body that I'm using, and it sounds like he's talking about Doug Ramsey. And that would work with, with what you're talking about, like, that he just has all of their powers within him or whatever. But I was thinking specifically with that one that it might be a chimera of Doug and either Mondo or Black Tom that then Krakoa has just possessed. Well, remember, because uh, a lot of the programming in Krakoa was done by Doug. So I think true. I think that they have a certain bond, kind of like what Warlock, you know, that's, and Doug. That's definitely true. Over time. Well, My- both Warlock, and I don't mean to cut you off, uh, but that does remind me, both Warlock and Mondo are in a New Mutants book. And John Hickman is writing that too. And now that I'm thinking, now with everything with Kokoa, how powerful is Mondo now? <laughs> yeah, because Mondo basically could, because he could do orga- he can do any kind of like organic life, right? Like he could do plants, he, but he could also he could even do inorganic stuff like rocks. And yeah, stuff like he's Earth. basically almost he's almost Marvel's Swamp Thing almost. Yeah, but like, like even more because he could do anything that's natural. Like Swamp Thing can't grab a piece of a mountain too but I think that's he true. can I think yeah I think Mondo can too I'm, I'm, I got excited to see Mondo oh, uh, sure. Gen X is my shit um, uh, Chamber I've always liked Chamber because out of every mutant in existence Chamber has the most to be pissed off about Chamber's like fuck everything <laughs> bitch I don't have a mouth really <laughs> uh, he, he I don't know bro he got a he got he a, like lot a of furnace calm. of psionic energy, what, what holding like his organs in place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he's like one day he opened his mouth. Bad day, bad day. <laughs> and like right <laughs> when it just manifested, it just blew his shit off. So he's gotta like fuck everybody. <laughs> well, and he paralyzed his girlfriend. <laughs> exactly. Like 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 Beast is like complaining. He's like, "Bitch, hold my beer. I'm not even talking to you." <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I gotta project my thoughts. You, uh, what what, is your girlfriend? A half alien, green haired, you know, (laughs) badass? Sorry, mine's in a wheelchair because I uh, talked when I was sixteen. I can't even kiss anybody. I don't have a bottom. (laughs) Like I like that. I like that. They need a picture on a bench with him and Rogue. (laughs) Sucks, right? Yeah, real shit. Yeah, I know. (laughs) This shit sucks. She's actually like, yeah, but. People at least, you know, can see my whole face, and then they can't kiss me. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. But that's uh, why Meryl says, "Hold my beer." Because her entire power is bones coming out and she got to break them <laughs> But she can control it, at least. Her shit went wild. <laughs> you remember she couldn't control it? would just keep coming out. And she but, had to break them off. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, they fixed her in the Weapon X series. I remember that. They fixed her in the Weapon X series. Yeah, that's Weapon X. As soon as you stop working there. Yeah, temporarily. Yeah, as soon as you stop working there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out. I remember the Weapon X series. They had Sauron on the team and shit. And, Sauron's uh, the best. Sauron's awesome. And, uh... Rest in peace to Wild Child. I, I love Wild Child. I like Wild... I don't know why. Maybe because I love Age of Apocalypse so much. But, um... No, I, I always liked him, too. I mean, in X-Factor and... Like, not as much when Alpha Flight, when he was, like, we- Weapon Omega and whatnot, when they had him all badass and <laughs> Weapon Omega. <laughs> exactly. Um, you say here, while her sixth life is definitely going to be significant, I think this future will be tied to the ninth. Note the references to mutant leadership and Sinister's takeover and Powers of Ten. Don't ever mention Magneto or Xavier, who we know are dead in Nine's timeline. I, you said that we know that they're dead in the in Nine's timeline. Yeah, they show it in the timeline in the back yeah. that that uh, Mac- Magneto and Xavier are both killed way earlier. Okay, uh, by Apocalypse. 
Oh, okay. See, yeah. I gotta go back and read all this shit. This shit is so much to me. I'm like listening to both of y'all. Like, wow, this is a lot. So many <laughs> yeah. little touches and hints and little clues as to where they're going. You also put... Oh, Gamora was 18, she woke Apocalypse. When she was 19, Apocalypse killed Xavier. And then when she was 21, he kills Magneto. That's <laughs> <Like, they're laughs> like, the first fucking thing they did. <laughs> morons out of the way. Off I rip. them a bunch of lives, they don't help. Yeah, because you gotta think about it. What they do, what they... Their cause leads to the uh, machines taking over the prior lives. So basically the attention that they both bring either way, and I think, you know, she's looking at it from... You could look at it from the, you know, um, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King kind of idea is, well, yeah, both of you are fighting the same issue Mm -hmm. coming in. The issue's going to be there no matter what, regardless Mm -hmm. of which way you fight it. Mm -hmm. But she was looking at it, I think, well, you're bringing the attention to it, Mm -hmm. where Apocalypse is just going to show up and start murking motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. You know, Apocalypse is a different way, and she's trying all the different ways, and now we have the unification of what she's tried through her timelines. You know what I mean? And that's why I think going past life six which i really hope is destiny just showing up and murking her at 14 <laughs> and just making her like completely like i really need to dedicate myself to like i said i need to be past this because right. if i keep coming back i am stuck in a loop where i'm trapped with destiny destiny will eventually die you know what i mean and i can live beyond destiny if i could find a way to do that and finding a way through that through apocalypse then what she learns about the machines mm. about the eventual you know way that mutanity everything goes it's like I can set destiny up with a timeline that pleases her I can get out of this like loop I can live on and then I'm not stuck in the same level of vulnerability I, I absolutely agree that would suck no, it would suck it would suck you know uh, what I mean what do you do especially because you already had a good life lived up to 74 had some kids like, <laughs> what if your kids, kids got your power and they're still living on in their respective loops well you gotta think that, that if they did have powers that they were like something nondescript because again she didn't know anything about mutants until yeah. a, 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 until the next life like she that's what i mean and she didn't make those kids in the next life so technically if one of them had her power they could exist in their own little loop oh for sure i just meant like <laughs> she well yeah. they had the same power right right yeah. i just meant like 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 because other people have brought up oh she had proteus like were any of her other kids mutants but like you'd think she would have noticed in those 74 years like it said she had a quiet normal life like it seems like she probably wasn't paying the attention to music. Yeah, that's what I mean. She, that's what I agree with you. I don't think she would know. I don't right. think she would know at all. That's what I mean. It would exist only in an independent kind of right. deal where she would be like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't think so." But mm-hmm. you know, later on, you might have a thought like, "Oh shit." <laughs> Maybe. And, and, uh, to slightly backtrack, like you said before about how you think that they continue on, and even if they don't, even if it is like a, a like a very very like everything restarts, I think eventually, just like Age of Apocalypse, they're going to make it continue on. Like someone's going to revisit it yeah. in a what if or whatever, because these are cool ideas. <laughs> yeah. Like and they're they're fun worlds. Like, fun absolutely. Where you can play and have fun in that world with a given, like you said, you have an outline of what happened. But you don't have a definitive. This is how it happened. It, because the whole the whole Age of Apocalypse thing, like the way it went down originally, you know, Legion needed the Imkron crystal to really change reality. That was the whole idea. They weren't creating a divergent timeline. He'd undone his father's existence and his own existence. And Bishop, because he was from another timeline, was the only person who remembered everything. Was awesome. Yeah. And like 
the way they they even undid that, like they fixed it. So so like clearly they don't really care. Like even if it is supposed to be undone, even if Hickman intends it to not go on, yeah. mm-hmm. eventually someone else will be like, oh, this is a good what if, and they'll be like, sure, <laughs> I don't <Yeah>. care. <laughs> Marvel's like, hey, go ahead, it's X Men. I don't care about time. Well, let's see. Do it. You wrote here, uh, <clears throat> mutant shard connection and uh, power of X future. The ninth timeline has Mora and Apocalypse rescue the force, the first horsemen, and return to Earth. Return to Earth. Right, so, that implies they had to go to space, right? <laughs> right. And I do see uh, Leandra on that cover that Mark Brooks did, which is just amazing. I need that hung up on my wall somewhere. Um, Nighttime Nine has more or, Apocalypse. Or uh-huh. they went to the sun. Because remember, Moira knows about where the uh, mutants are currently holding up. They have a good idea. They basically confirm the information. What if, in the last timeline, she went out there with the Apocalypse to go rescue a horseman that had been mm-hmm. taken by, you know, the ascension of the robots and sentinels? That's why she knows how to well, make that play against them. Well, they were the first horsemen in a... It, it, that's before the ascension. Like, 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 that's one of the first things they do in year 24. Moira's only 24 years old. They haven't... The, 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 the war hasn't begun when they re- rescue the first... Yeah, but in the in the in the lives past, mm-hmm. she knows where the she knows that the robots are already starting to make their play early on. So I know that. So what if they have a mutant that they're testing and they rescue the horseman before he's a horseman? Well, but or, or they're saying that he is he's already been a horseman. You're suggesting? I'm just spitballing. Well, well, and my my thought is because of the way it's phrased and everything, and, and how it works, Moira and Apocalypse rescue the first horsemen. It's not one; it's four. It's it's all because it, it's plural. Ah, and, you're right. And I think it's meant literally because if you look at the imagery and the pictures, none of the horsemen we've ever seen have been so Egyptian, other than the movie uh, X Men uh, X Men Apocalypse. Agreed. And every one of those guys looks heavily Egyptianly referenced. Like one has got an Anubis face. One has got a pharaonic, uh, like death mask, oh. and uh, even the one who like looks more like Fire Lord is a woman. Uh, has a uh, like kind of Egyptian style, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like loincloth almost. I get what you're we, saying. She's mostly obstructed in in the one in the first picture, uh, but kind of under Apocalypse's arm, you can see. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it makes me think that that they are his very first horsemen. Because you know his origins tied to the Celestials and his very first appearance I mentioned in that thread, uh, like chronologically going back, uh, as a I guess as like a fighting force or whatever. Because you, you we have all his origin, the Rise of Apocalypse miniseries by Adam Polina and I can't remember who wrote it, but uh, uh, in like telling his origin, but but he was always struggling to rise up and then eventually took over. They have him as yeah. part of the founding of the Brotherhood of the Shield with Imhotep. Uh, yeah, I got has, that up it, here. It, yeah, it has the two of them and uh, gold, or, or like some like retroactive, like old school uh, version of, of Nanshu of uh, Moon Knight's God. Yeah, con- oh. seems, wait, do you say Nanshu? I think so. K N. I, I think it's K H. I've always pronounced Kanshu. Like either way, it's all good. But I, I do give it just saying. I do see a, a person. Uh, one thing Hickman does like to do. He does like to link everything he does back to his older stuff so i'm glad that you mentioned that because i do see the brood there and apocalypse was there to fight which helped form shield um and the brood have their giant connection to shiar so, so I, mean, you're, I, I figured maybe that's part part of how everything c- could connect eventually but but the most interesting <coughs> thing to me about those first horsemen ideas even though that's introduced in the ninth timeline 
if I'm right and he means the first horsemen, that means that they we've never encountered them in the 616. They've never been rescued from wherever they are and they're available to use and it would be something that would mm. be true across all the timelines because it's way before Moira was born, you know, like like right. had her powers it's activated. Before pre-Luke. Right. Yeah. So 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 it would be something that would be always the same and that would be an opportunity and it's like more of like what this was described as, you know, all those solicitations and, and advanced descriptions as the secret history of Marvel's mutants. It's like, well, that could be explained through these timelines, through stuff like that, through elements that are introduced that are universal through all of them. And it would be cool, but be potentially four new super powerful mutants that we could, uh, that they have like pretty cool looking designs, it seems like. Yeah. Oh, so I'm just not noticing on your uh, thread here. <clears throat> yeah. You came back like you had your theories. Yeah, yeah. And then you came back and was like, "Yeah, I was right. You did say that the old man. You think the old man would be Apocalypse, and it turned out it was." Right. That's even in that in that unique uh, variation of his costume too. And it's not like crazy different from his previous one, but it is something he'd never really worn exactly before, which I think is significant. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, it seems like you're on the right track with this. Uh, you said, "Okay, this is Moore's ninth life." Then Hickman was totally on the level, no time travel, alternate universe. Tamora is a continuous linear story. We're just seeing it told somewhat out of order. Okay, that makes sense. Um, wow. Um, this shit is a lot deeper than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, no, Hickman is giving us X-Men. X-Men. Not no, not no. Oh yeah, these are some X characters. Wolverine and the X Men. Cyclops goes crazy. This is the X Men. Now can y'all? Now I got some complaints. <laughs> okay. We can never go back now. Why would you want to? I, I, I'm not. No, no. You're right. I'm just saying. This shit is so incredible and insane. You can't take a step back now. Like this gotta be it from here on out. Which I mean, you're ahead. right, and like that's what makes me think that there isn't gonna be a huge reboot. Like I know a lot of people are are, are speculating because when you look at all the Dawn of, Dawn of X solicitations and all the advanced art and everything, this is spinning directly out of House of X. Like, I could agree. I'm just like, wondering how uh, uh, Kitty Pryde is gonna become a fucking pirate queen. <laughs> She looks so badass for sure. Like, mm -hmm. no, that one should be fun. And, like, I'm super curious to see some stuff that we got barely hints at. Like, I guess at the panel, uh, they said that uh, that uh, Kurt would be around, but and he'd have a really, like, important role on Krakoa or something. I see they, him getting a solo. I, it, that would be cool. Although they said, although Jordan White said it on a podcast, I think, not this week, but the week before, uh, that they're on wave two and wave three plans that there are no more solos he made a okay. joke about how other than deadpool and wolverine like they don't really sell the x solos don't really do well he's so. not wrong they don't. so uh, it seems like at least for right now that that's not probably what they're developing but there's like that that makes me excited because it's like there's a whole lot more generation x kids he could use especially he's mentioned loving and feeling like they did uh, sink and skin wrong and I still it's like hey why are those don't play with me don't play with me don't play with me I need those guys back like those, don't like, play you Gen X was my Gen X was my shit when it came out I love that so much and like I can't handle them being the only two X-Men who are never fucking who are never resurrected. coming back it doesn't make sense especially since 
Everybody. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, X Men have their own resurrection machine now with Elixir. Blink is back. The six one six Blink, not the super popular Exiles Age of Apocalypse Blink, mm-hmm. but like she was brought back in Necrotia and then was an on yeah. off member of New Mutants for a while. Mm-hmm. It's like, but like they brought back Blink. Where the hell are Sink and Skin? Where is Sink and Skin? I need my Sink. I need my Skin. Like I, I, I need them back. Like especially Sink, cause like. This oh, guy had sure. the cho- he had the potential to be probably someone made a good point. He was hope before hope. <laughs> he, he was yeah. he was hope before hope, and he was Cyclops. He was the two of them together. Yeah, he was exactly. The actual leader. He was the actual like teacher's pet, uh, dedicated soldier, but also free thinker. Like he should have been Cyclops. Been Cyclops. <laughs> and instead, nothing. We got no, We have no one. We, we had to thank Warren Ellis for that. <laughs> I think it was Warren Ellis. He was the one writing. I, no, I, I think you're right. I think that did he die off screen or right before he took over? Was it, it was like a of bong two. or something? I'm gonna have to. I probably exed it out of my mind. Like I was like, yeah, man, this is bullshit. Like <laughs> What's that? I say you gotta forget about stuff like that. When, uh, <laughs> with when Skin and Jesse Bedlam were also another one who was the only one of the only members of the X teams who's never been resurrected. Conspicuous that they're all you know brown men. They're all they're all black. Hey, hey you said it. Like, you said it. <laughs> I, I was trying to avoid that like the plague, but sometimes you gotta dive it's right just, into it's it. It's just true. There's like, no I mean, lie here. I don't think there's anyone like I don't think there's anyone there like doing that on purpose, like calculating it. But it's it's a fucking oversight for sure. And NTF made a good point. He said he was one of the very few black male mutants. I that got me thinking. I'm like, hmm. Okay, uh, Prodigy. Damn, I can't use Prodigy anymore. <laughs> no, yeah, Prodigy's technically not a mutant. Although with Krakoa, who knows? Maybe he could power him back up. Um, Bishop isn't even really black anymore. They're trying to yeah. say he's Aboriginal now, which. Yeah. Well, his he, we don't know who is uh his dad. I think his mom is 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 uh is gateway's daughter or granddaughter but we don't know we don't know where his dad's from his dad could be uh, could be black okay or dominican oh dominican uh, <laughs> could, be, could be okay and uh people always forget uh uh bobby but bobby da costa roberto is biracial he's got a white mom but yeah. his dad is is uh afro-latino oh absolutely absolutely and they keep forgetting that too especially like in the colors fuck it up yeah they keep <laughs> fucking it up like sometimes he look like light like, about the same yeah, color as toaster well, cause I was like so what's the name like Robert like, Bobby alright like alright Bobby it is but uh exactly and, and, and like it, that's something that I get why fans don't know because they do you know they, they miscolor him but then in the uh in his first appearance like it's literally he's playing soccer and members of the other team start pulling a hate crime on him exactly like, calling him slurs it's like like you can't now, now tell me that he they did the same thing with Monet where like slowly coloring became more and more and more light and I still like, don't know what Monet is yeah she's like she's be... she, they say she's Moroccan but yeah. like that's the, the Moroccan people are everything you know her dad has been portrayed consistently as black I feel like her mom and her and everybody else have not been consistent at all <laughs> I, I need my M back too because it looks like what they're doing, they're, they're doing what I've been saying for fucking years, <laughs> that they're combining the new mutants in Gen X. That that's it might as well. I mean, they're basically the same fucking team. Like, they're the same age and at the same place. Exactly. Yeah, like, same it, rate, it same makes age range. Well, so, no reason to separate them. They, s- they say that they're trying to... The, the whole concept of the new mutants uh, book is they're looking for a friend. 
In space. In space. Now, I'm wondering if that is Cannonball. It, well, and that would be an interesting tie-in back into this stuff with House of X and Powers of X. With the future, you know, they talk about uh, Shyar's relationship with mutants. Mm-hmm. And uh, talk about how a bunch of them are sub-guardians being trained to be members of the Imperial Guard. And uh, Cannonball is in space exactly. because his wife is a member of the Imperial Guard who yep. just got promoted from a sub-guard. Yep. Yeah, I was Cannonball just thinking is an external who is technically a mm-hmm. extremely long-lived mutant. So he could be there as long as need be. I, I need I need Hickman to touch on that. I need him to touch on uh, externals a little bit. But I, I and I was gonna throw something. I think part of the external, um, part of that blood might relate to how they're able to either keep some people alive mm-hmm. for a longer time, or how they're able to give humans that some kind of you know pill that they're offering to extend life. Because I think what we saw with that offering was supposed to be a fraction of what they're able to do by uniting and helping to understand their powers more. Because if you think about it, without all the infighting, mm-hmm. you have nothing but research and all these beings that are able to be powered to do more and more. I mean, think about Forge alone. What do you need? I can build it. Yeah. yeah. No matter what you need, it doesn't matter. Just give me the concept mm-hmm. and it will be built. Then, like we said, Elixir. You're a, I mean, you're a biological Omega Mutant. Yeah, you're. I mean, the understanding of how things work got to be so amazing to you. Mm-hmm. And think about Professor X being able to be inside his head as his powers working. The things that they could be doing, which is why I think that presenting to human absolutely is important. I think is amazing. Well, and and you mentioned like just them being a united front. You know, it, it, it's it, it occurred to me as well that the only like really really huge mutant power players that aren't accounted for for and aren't on the same team now now that apocalypse is a member of excalibur or going to be <laughs> yeah. but, but like it feels like our shadow king and cassandra nova and strife uh and franklin richards yeah but but i i i, I was thinking just like against them. Yeah, because because yeah. franklin would still be i feel like neutral at this point and and like that's that, that i feel like that I, I definitely feel like that scene played out perfectly, and I wouldn't want them to have bogged it down with continuity, but I feel like there was some subtext there, or could be some subtext. It's like, hey, remember when you guys went missing and your your dad, Reed, gave your son to us? Because yeah. he was a student at the Gen X school, at that Xavier school in Massachusetts when Generation X was going on. Thanks. Like, like, like he, he and Artie and Leach <clears throat> lived there together. The whole reason Artie and Leach are in the, are, are in the Future Foundation is yeah. because of because of the X-Men taking in their kid. Like there's like like them saying say hi to your son for me, I feel like has a lot of meaning, but it has even more meaning. Oh, yeah. It's like your dad's a scumbag and, and your family doesn't k- take care of its own. Well, read the deadbeat, dad. And, and read the deadbeat. <laughs> read, read they've made much better, I think. Reed's dad is a deadbeat dad for sure. That's true, but, that's true. <laughs> but I feel like Reed, Reed had a, Reed has like fixed his mistakes. And Reed's trying, grandson trying is a piece of shit too, so. <laughs> What's that? Reed's grandson's also a piece of shit. Hyperstorm. <laughs> <laughs> so each two generations out, it really yeah, sucks it just for skips the one. Richard family. <laughs> I, li- I like that for sure. Uh, but, um. I was going to say, what you were just saying is kind of the reason why I'm saying um, that is important, is because Franklin doesn't have a side that he's on. But at the same time, Franklin has the power to essentially undo everything. Everything. I mean, he he literally made their universe. (laughs) Yeah. And I think he has the power to also be able to push them forward a lot. So he's an asset that is technically on two alternate teams, one with a mutant. 
He's too powerful to be unchecked. He's, I mean, not to you say don't uncheck. check him. No, yeah, yeah, not, yeah. unchecked is the word. Not be modern. He, yeah, yeah, like, like, he's too powerful to just be out well, here. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you guys, are you guys caught up on um, Fantastic Four? I got a few, I'm a few on behind, but go ahead and tell. Yeah. I was to say that one element that um, Slot has been introducing is that every time that he uses his powers now, he loses a little bit of it. That his powers are dying out, mm. and and. I, I feel like there's a good chance in the story that they're either going to go one or two routes. I kind of hope they go that it's just him subconsciously depowering himself, like he's just not using them or creating these blocks because he wants to be normal. Because he because that's sort of what the storyline seems to be. Like he's dyed his hair black. He's rejecting a little bit of the being in the Fantastic Four. It's like his whole life's been weird as hell, and he's the only mutant on his team, and mutants are a minority and whatnot. It's like, why not? Just be normal if he can, you know, and, yeah. and he has the power to do anything, make himself normal. There's a, uh, yeah, there's a, say, there's a classic storyline when he was Psylord where he was going through, like, all his friends had died off, and he was going through these things where he kept remaking his friends, and he would remake things that happened around him, but it was his own mind doing it, and he was almost torturing himself with his own power set, he couldn't tell what was real, so that does play definitely into his character <laughs> of not, yeah. you know, like, I'm too much. How do I deal with this as a, you know... That's crazy. Yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful that if they go a route that would explain it, that it would be something <laughs> like that instead of the previous uh, storyline, which they did when, when he was, like, much younger, when he was, like, a toddler, but they had Reed put, like, power dampeners on him. But him inhibiting his powers and not telling him and making him think he's losing them would be really messed up. That would put him right back in that Debbie Dagger. Or, or let's, <laughs> let's, let's, move comic, let's move comics over and let's go with the idea that we have a character who does know of other threats. Franklin is a known Omega mutant and what if the X-Men are somehow finding a way to quiet Franklin a little bit and make him less of a threat as they've learned more and more about mutant powers. Finding a way to kind of inhibit Franklin just in case, you know, the Fantastic Four wants to pull that card. They, they, I think that scene was thrown in there for a reason. Um, I, I, I see him coming back somehow because they're trying to Hickman, get everybody. Hickman loves Franklin, too. Oh, yeah, you can tell he does. Yeah. I, I think there's a part that he kind of misses the Fantastic Four a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but think about how heads up that play would be. Take Franklin off the board before he's a player. Yeah. So as you're doing stuff, like I said, they're already finding a way to dampen his powers. Because they don't want to, you know, harm him. Mm -hmm. But what if they're finding a way to slowly... Or Professor X, you know, that's what he's doing with that helmet on all the time. He's slowly <laughs> just mind-blocking, putting little psychic blocks. That. that would make me so happy if that, w if that was it. All these people were like, it's got to be someone else. Why is he wearing the helmet? It's like if it's just him constantly being like, don't remake the world, Franklin Richards. We're on to something here. Like, we got it right this time. Yeah. No more reset. Don't fuck no this up. No, up. no pocket dimensions. <laughs> Let us roll with this. No onslaught. We promise. No onslaught. <laughs> that I mean, definitely thematically, like never showing his full face. Like there's, re we're supposed to get a shady and mysterious yeah. feeling. I get why everyone is, is having those vibes. But like also, everyone's like he never takes his mask off. It's like. We've seen him for a combined like ten panels in these four issues. Like he's, yeah. we don't see a lot of. Him. Yeah, exactly. He's not doing much, so I don't feel like it's that crazy. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's doing a lot. <laughs> no, 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 Franklin. No, 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 Franklin. <laughs> Bad Franklin. Now, one character I did see that I need to know what's going on. I saw Bob the Lobster. What the hell is going on? <laughs> Where has Bob the Lobster been? Why is he there? Swimming. But, huh? Swimming? He's not swimming. Where? He was swimming. What is? 
But I need to know what Bob the Lobster is. Uh, why is he there? I haven't seen him. Fuck. Since the 80s. Oh, I think I, I, I thought I remember some reference in Avengers Initiative where, like, he was in the lab of uh, Baron, <laughs> Baron Blitzschlag or whatever. The, yeah, the yeah. Nazi scientist. The Nazi, yeah. But I'm pretty sure that that, like, little shout-out, probably from Slot, like, probably like, hey, I remember this old comic book, too, yeah. guys. You like, talking I don't about think Bishop or Bishop's crap That makes me think, where the hell is Chance? Why haven't we ever seen Chance again from Fallen Angels? Mm. I want my, I want my, my uh, Korean American like street tough. <laughs> exactly, my... and we got a Fallen Angels comic coming, so I can see maybe Bob the Lobster being involved in that. But why? <laughs> <laughs> Bob the Lobster is the one who unites the team. He uh, Cable and, uh, and Quanan. And... He was like Duke before Duke. Like they just. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, uh, and, and, and I'm still waiting for a few more things. Like on that cover that Mark Brooks had, uh, you see Baby Cycle, um, Baby Havoc. Yes. Yeah, I don't feel like like they did say that not everything would be like necessarily directly referenced, but the fact that Baby Havoc has showed up in that and a couple of the different variant covers people have done, it, it does make me feel like we're gonna get something from Mojo Verse, right? We have to. We got to. We got to. Yeah, There's I too think, much to touch. I, I think that that's what we're kind of getting. Like I said, it looks like Hickman is kind of giving us, okay, let's move the X characters all into play. Let's combine everything. Let's give you guys a way forward, bring back who we want, let you guys know who's here, and we can take this and we can give you what you want with the X-Men, which is mostly teams. Mm-hmm. Like, we want teams. We want their villains. And I, like I said, I think this is to help us create a an MCU cinematic path for us to kind of get you know the cinematic world reintroduce the X Men maybe a couple cartoons but you know give us a good grounding because the X Men for so many years I mean it was basically Wolverine and friends for a long time mm-hmm. um, we got well, some and- really sloppy teams I was gonna say like I feel like some of that stuff good stuff came from that era but. Like I, I, I definitely know what you mean. Like the focus on Wolverine just felt really like they were listening to ad executives, not people who were making or reading yeah. the comics. I mean, he worked at a comic shop, but we would go in every week, and this was 13, 14 years ago, and we would count how many covers Wolverine was on, <laughs> and he would be on covers in books that he wasn't in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so uh, when I worked at uh, at Oni, my um, direct supervisor in the in in the production department, he was in production at Dark Horse for years when they did the Star Wars comics, mm-hmm. and it's exact same thing as they would get sent back covers that had a lightsaber on it, and they're like, "Hey, where's Darth Vader? Like, Darth Vader's not in this comic. Like, how do you know it's about Star Wars? Like, there's a lightsaber. It's like you got to put Darth Vader on in the cover, man. I'm sorry. Like, like that would be Damn. from like Lucasfilm corporate, like way before the Disney purchase back then. And it would yeah. be someone who has no idea what they're talking about, just wants to hear their hear their voice heard or m- m- say something they think is important. Yeah. But it was the same exact yeah. way. Like Wolverine was the Darth Vader. Of, yeah. uh, <laughs> he was. It was just like, look, uh, it's good to be Wolverine. And he would be on covers, like interacting with people. And he'd be like, oh, where is he in this book? He's not. It has nothing to do with this book. I still think the greatest example is House of X, number one. Uh, House of M, number one. He's in, like, one panel. Like, one small off panel. But in the cover, he's, like, the main guy in the middle. (laughs) I've seen more reaction to Emma not being in uh, the new issue of Powers of X than I haven't done a lot of cover stuff in a long time. I feel like most comic readers know that covers aren't to be expected. Mm -hmm. But I think Uh. after... 
how literal the House of X 2 cover was with the Moira spread. I think everyone's like now looking for hints on the covers. Oh, so yeah, then yeah. when Emma wasn't there, they're like, what? <laughs> like, why was I staring at this cover? Like, this wasn't even what happened. <laughs> That's, That's true. Dope. You can't you can't judge a comic book by its cover. That is the most true. Gerald says, anyone else think with all the resurrection stuff and push for Omega Mutants and Hotspox, the X-Men are becoming a bit more like the Eternals. Externals. <laughs> Remember, they're looking to ascend. Well, the Eternals, for longevity. the Eternals created the mutant gene, so why not? <laughs> That's what I mean. They're externals, oh. so instead of just being Eternals... It Wasn't it the Celestials that created the mutant gene? Uh... It probably was the Celestials instead there of the was, Eternals. There was a Celestial, the fourth host, was it? Who probably the fourth Jim? host. And I think the third host created the Eternals and the Deviants. I thought, uh, I know there's some kind of link between Eternals and X-Men. Well, they were both different, uh, different, what's it called, experiments by yeah. the uh, Celestials. And that those experiments oh. is what led the Kree to come and experiment on humans to create yes. the, the uh, inhumans as well. Yeah. I think there's Eternals on every planet. There's Kree Eternal or not every planet, but there's there's a, there's Eternals and Inhumans on a bunch of different planets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I want to say that part of the thing with the Inhumans, which is what related them in a way to mutants at first, um, which I think has been forgotten or retconned, but they were supposed to be X-Gene active humans that were experimented on by the Kree, which is why they were able to develop powers in the ways that they did. So, our, our, uh, our Eternals expert, Mitch, says it was the Celestials that made the X-Gene Oneg the Prober. Oneg the Prober. <laughs> slipped it on in. Uh, yo, don't uh, put Prober and slipped it on in the same sentence around me, dog. I, I, also, like, I also like how Oneg like, sounds like his blood type. <laughs> <laughs> he does sound like a big oh, ass. You have to have that other blood type, apparently, to be a mutant. <laughs> That's uh, apparently uh, celestials are named. They, they have they have all their information, their important information. Like the do not resuscitate order is another yeah. one. <laughs> oh, hey, look. O, o and X, X's and O's. That's how they make. Oh the God. <laughs> <laughs> Old Neg the Prober is. <laughs> That's some Jack Kirby shit right there. <laughs> Absolutely, and I'm hoping that, and they said they are, but I'm hoping in the Eternals film, we we go full Kirby on it. We go full. Well, we already Kirby. do have a celestial in the MCU. Well, yeah, yeah, we've, the we've big one head that people live in. <laughs> <laughs> I want well, them to go full Kirby. Go ahead. It feels like it contradicts. What, I mean, there the version of the Guardians of the Galaxy ego is so different from the. Kind no, no, of no, no. I wasn't talking about the ego. Like, I was talking about just ca- the head. Yeah. Because they, well, they, they call him a celestial, but it's like they already have nowhere. It's like you, you already introduced the way celestials are in the comics. Like you don't need to confuse us with the with but, ego. But and I think, like I said, I think the confusion was there, kind of annoyingly, because we also got the idea that he doesn't know what he is. He right. feels like he's alone. He's a unique being, which means he's not tied to the celestial head. You know, in any way. So they are two distinctly different beings. But like Using you said, the same it did in the same feel, movie, you know. Yeah, but I think that was more kind of to represent how big he felt in the universe. Mm-hmm. You know I, I what think, I mean? I think that that makes sense, and and it, even I even buy that that's like their logic, and uh, it, you know, and, and the reason why they did it. I just feel like to a regular regular viewer, if they're gonna pay attention and notice, then talking about how nowhere was a celestial head, and then 
him him and him referring to it, it might add to confusion down the line. But absolutely right. most most fans aren't going to pay that close of attention by the time they get to the Eternals movies. Yeah, absolutely. no, I completely agree with you. Though. Yeah, absolutely. it was it's intentionally deceiving. <laughs> absolutely. Well, Jared, I want to thank you um, for coming on to the show. Yeah, no, it's been fun talking to you guys about it for sure. This is a very exciting. A comic, great time to be an X fan for sure. Absolutely, like, I, like I think it's the best time we've seen in a long time, and for all the new, I think it's going to bring in a lot of new fans. I, I think, think so too. I think this is what they're trying to do. Is like uh, Tass said on the other the other episode is, it is time to modernize the X Men. You know, mm-hmm. you we need to bring the modern. We need to update a lot of the X Men uh, kind of rhetoric. Cause like you said, over time, it doesn't make sense in a world with Avengers and things of that nature mm. to have just, you know, the X-Men problems with Sentinels in the same way and moving them over to the sun, making the threat a little bit bigger as far as, you know, tying them in with part of the decimation of humanity. Mm-hmm. I think doing a lot of that kind of shows like, yeah, we're not forgetting that world, but we're in a new stage. <clears throat> and I think that'll be good for the generation going forward. Absolutely. Okay. I'm excited to see it like reflected in other Marvel books too. Like we got the FF in the first issue. I, I'm, I'm excited to see them interacting with with other titles. Yeah, I, I'm waiting for Cyclops and Cap to have that talk again. Because again, no, it needs to be done by a better writer. Yeah. Like I, I think the last time they tried to have that, it, it wasn't done as well as I feel like it could have been. Which was that in it? AVX. Yeah, that, AVX. Uh, which one, which part was that? Was that Bendis? That was the Bendis one where, you know, him and uh, Cap had, co- and, you know, Cyclops is like, where were you? Blah, 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 blah. I felt like Cyclops was still trying to be, dis- re- re- I mean, was still trying to be respectful. I want disrespectful Scott. I want, man, fuck you, Scott. <laughs> That's the Scott I want. I don't want, ah, your reputation precedes you, so I'm going to be nice. I want Scott to be like, their blood is on your fucking hands. Yeah. That's the Scott yeah, I want. I don't respect the shield. Your America is Fuck your country. that he hates mutants. You know, your America built giant robots to hunt me and my family. Absolutely. That's the you're, you're Scott black of that. I want. And then I want Cap to be like, man, fuck you. <laughs> I, and I think that part of that, though, right now, we're in the middle of Cap being in one of his phases where Cap alternately, as you guys know, as you guys know, he's never, like, pro-government really right like but right now he's like he's in his one of his more nomad sort of phases absolutely uh, and so like like it feels like right now they would have that conversation to be like hey cap i talked to you about america being totally messed up right now he'd be like i know (laughs) (laughs) really weird (laughs) oh no we fuck up constantly (laughs) Right, right 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 i still feel like i mean i mean it's not just about the country i feel like cyclops cyclops should be like pretty much fuck all heroes like, the shit that we've gone through, <laughs> that could have been easily held by you. Like, let's be real here. We know our X-Men shit. How many of the X-Men shit could have been easily stopped if Thor just showed up? <laughs> well. <laughs> like, oh shit, giant robots, be on there. <laughs> You're right there. Done. We're good. I don't know, though. Like, theoretically, Talk can't to me. Storm do all that? Storm, well, I love Storm. <laughs> Storm ain't Odin's son. <laughs> you know, you know what actually would be even better is, you know, one pe- one group that they should be really mad at would be the Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Four, you got a mutant kid, you should care about mutant rights. 
You no, they, should, they be should be standing up. And you should be right? help. You should be helping. Yeah, I can agree with that. This should not be tolerated by you because you know what it is to have a mutant kid. You do save the world from alien, extra-dimensional threats. You could be a unifier because you're a popular team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're a very popular group. People don't fear you. You well, know, you got the thing walk down the street. That's true. <laughs> Daily. Well, and they, they they could also like they could use continuity. I think that, that like to its advantage. They could be like, hey. Remember when your son was hunted by Ahab and we all sacrificed, you know, our, our, we all put ourselves in danger to help you save your son because he's part of our group and we're all on the same team together. Like, bring up their, their uh, annual crossover, uh, Days of Future Present, because Days of Future Present, when yeah. that left off in like 91 or whatever, 1990, when that ended, they were on the same page. The FF were actively against the Sentinels and spoke out against it. And then flash forward to Civil War, and Reed's working, you know, with registering superhumans and essentially yeah. on on board with expanding the Mutant Registration Act. <laughs> Screw that! Like, but like, you call them out for being like you. You went back on our deal. We used to we used to have each other's backs, and used to have you used to be yeah. a good person, and now you you lost your way. Yeah. Exactly. I love Civil War, but I hated it. I like the idea of Civil right. War more, but a lot of characters were out of fucking character. I, like, th- I think the, the problem is like to do it successfully and not mess up a character. It's like Tony's character would have to have been U.S. agent. <laughs> absolutely, like, and that's what I tell. Well, that's what I tell people when people get on uh, Carol's case for Civil War too. I'm like, yeah, she was out of pocket, but she wasn't hiring fucking villains. <laughs> Yeah. To, to capture her friends and building a dead zombie of a dead friend. Like, let's relax here. Oh. <laughs> Iron Man was doing some shit. Iron Man was doing some shit for sure. But I think the better way to do something like that is do a Dark Avengers tape. And you have to make some of okay. the villains bad guys. And then you have to take some of the in-betweens and move them over to think mm-hmm. that they're doing good. Like, a, you know, your Punishers, Deadpools, <laughs> things of that nature. You know what I mean? I can see Where that. you move the middle of the way guys over. And mm-hmm. then, you know, like you said, the good guys are still the bad guys. But technically, yeah, you are fighting the government. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I think that's, that's a much better way to do it. And, like, they could have done that. But Millar, I think, that's his bigger issue with, the, with, it, with all this stuff, really, for me, is he has good ideas, but the execution isn't always, doesn't always live up to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Because absolutely. Tony's the only character who, yeah, I can see being on defense, and he is a big, you know, game changer, only because at the time he was Secretary of Defense. Right. And America has to come first. So if they're pushing for these laws, like, yeah, there's nothing you can do about that. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? He has yeah, to work within the system. All. Yeah, you are, you, you are supposed to be believing in the system. That's why you... I, yeah, I had off. nothing against him taking that side. I was just against what he was doing. Like, when right. he was hiring villains, I'm like, all right, Tony. <laughs> I, I do like, though, that the way... The only one that they exonerated completely because it wasn't really him was Yellow Jacket with the Skrull invasion. So uh-huh. Hank got exonerated. The guy who they already we already know is has, you know, a severe mental illness, but that does not excuse the fact that he's also a spousal abuser. Exactly. <laughs> that, that, that exonerate, but we make Tony and Reed super fucked up forever. Like, <laughs> that doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, no, that's why I think in times like those, you have to carefully analyze who you let go too far. And like you said, Tony's a fence character. Reed could be a fence character. And, you know, I like the... The only explanation they gave was the super equation where he sat down and he really worked it out. Like, this is the way the world's going to go. You're not going to get anything but war 
out of this. So if we can keep the war between the superhumans, you know right. what I mean? It's not going to be... He was trying to mitigate loss of life. Yeah, exactly. You, can appreciate, you can't appreciate that, that as someone who's like a cold, hard man of science. Yeah, He's like, absolutely. I don't want to take a side, mm-hmm. but people are going to die if I don't. I can maybe make it less if I do. Yeah, like, it's a numbers game in the end, and all I could, that's all I can do with the it. The idea is shit, good. I'm not that person. The idea was good. Like, look at the movie. Like, to me, the movie, I'm like, okay, this, okay. Yeah. Like, I get it. I get this. This makes more sense. I've always argued that a lot of people chose Team Cap in the movies a little too quickly. (laughs) Like, I felt that way because Cap was kind of being, like, hard-headed, like, nah, fuck that shit. (laughs) Because everybody wants to work in the system until they become part of the system and see it from the other side. It's like, oh, well, we got to keep it real. (laughs) Well, I I do agree with Cap still and did then. At the same time, too, I agree that, like, the way he presents his argument even isn't right until he knows he's right. Until he knows, oh no, Bucky's innocent. Mm-hmm. That's not why, though. It's not about being innocent until you're proven guilty. It's about protecting his buddy. Absolutely. Isn't really, isn't really a, the, it, is, it isn't the right motivation. If it's, yeah. we need to make sure we know what's really going on, that's a good reason. Right. But if it's, oh, I just need to keep my best friend safe. Then and I'm still Team Cap too myself. I'm just saying, I tell no, people, let's not act like, like Tony was like out of pocket here. <laughs> like, like, until had, the end, yeah. until he was like, I don't care that it wasn't his fault and he was manipulated, I still want revenge. Until that moment, I totally understand well, where Tony's coming from. Well, it, where at that moment, I'm like, I understand emotionally, but I can't really agree with him. Even then, I still think that Tony was Tony was kind of in the rights. Because like you said, it's like, I'm sitting here feeling like I'm completely betrayed. Like, that was a moment of feelings, even mm-hmm. though, like you said, you can't completely agree with the emotion. But that emotion was one of the most correct emotions. Things like... This dude killed my parents, and you didn't have the decency to tell me what was up. We right. You could have told me so many times through this whole thing. You have me going here, acting out, you suspect something, and you just didn't trust me. Especially when and Cap, like, in Avengers movie, was making such a big deal about, I don't hide secrets from people, and shit like that. It's like, dog, you just literally just contradicted yourself. Yeah. Like, you spent this whole movie keeping secrets when we're supposed to be a team. Like, you could have let me know that you think Bucky's innocent from jump. And, you know, we could have handled this in a way that, you know, didn't go to all this. But you didn't trust me. But then again, the Cap process. knew that that wasn't the way it was going to go. I think that's why Cap did it. Cap I, knew I, I that. I think so, too. Like, like I, I was just thinking, like, he didn't have a whole lot of opportunities. Right. I think Tony would have gave him a chance to listen. I feel, exactly. I feel like no, no, that was I, made yeah. clear. But I, I agree with you guys. Like, it's a complex issue. And, and like I, like you said, like, I think emotionally... He was I don't, well. I don't think he was necessarily in the right. Like like it was the only response he could have. It's it's like the it it, it makes sense. And from where he was at, at in that moment, like you couldn't expect anyone. I think. Oh to god! And I would imagine it'd have to be harder on him in a way after like the scene in Endgame, where he's like, "Oh man, my dad was my dad did everything for me. The reason why he was gone all the time. The reason why like he sacrificed for me." And the motherfucker just killed him. <laughs> They're like, but his mind was controlled. I tell you what, if I was in a giant death suit. And someone said, oh, this guy right here killed your mom. I'd probably take a few shots, fire one missile. I don't know. I'd do something like. But, 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 we can't sit in judgment of, of him for sure. <laughs> no, no, I, yeah, I know. I'm just no, we, this is all just jokes, man. We just bullshitting. Um, so, no, no, no. I'm, I'm with you. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, here's the thing. I, I think that what the movie did well was, you notice how we're having this conversation? It's not exactly, you know, black and white. Like, there's a bunch of different eras, which leads to a conversation. I didn't get that in the book. Like, I didn't get that in the book other than 
When the smoke clears, Captain America's breaking the law. See? Well, <laughs> see, I don't know. And I got that in the book. And I got that okay. from the idea of, you know, Iron Man, to a degree, is kind of like the military-industrial complex because he is a machine of war. Mm-hmm. He works with the government. That is who he is. Cap is still a street vigilante. He was brought, it was a product of, you know, the ideals of America. Mm-hmm. Back in the day when, you know, you did stand up, like, you felt like you were standing up and fighting for the people mm-hmm. versus fighting for the government. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, him being that kind of idea of separation where it's like, yeah, the government is going too far. You're overstepping your bounds. Okay. You're taking a degree of freedom away from the people, people who are doing good things. You know, and I, and Iron Man being the futurist, realizing like, well, this is the way the country is going. Mm-hmm. I think that is a big conversation. I can, I can you agree. You know what I mean? I, I think agree. that kind of is what comes down to it. In the end, like Cap says, and I think it's the best line in the book, when he stops the fighting, he's like, we're just destroying, we're just hurting the people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. when he does that, I think that's a big moment of realizing like, yeah, the world is evolving. Mm-hmm. It's evolving past where I believe it should be, and who am I to fight that? I just don't like how it was done. Like, I like the combo. I just no, don't like how it was lot, done. No, no, no. A lot of the books sucked in between. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of the Italian books were terrible. I just like how, like, it was just completely, oh, shit, we're doing something wrong. Let's just stop. Like, I got all y'all in trouble. All y'all are following me. <laughs> and, like, uh, don't worry, my I'll bad. out of the raft later. <laughs> but, well, yeah. Well, um, once again, Joaquin, uh, I mean, all right, Jared, <laughs> uh, I want to thank you for joining us. It's a great episode. Uh, this is probably the most comic booky episode we've had where we just strictly talk about the issue. Yeah, but that's what lot. happens when Hickman is on overdrive. You know what I'm saying? So uh, go ahead and plug all your stuff, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, I do a Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast where we go through every episode one by one uh, that's on... Uh, but why though network and uh, or, or podcast community and it's uh, called Project Tahiti. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do that every Tuesday and yeah, I'm just online on, uh, on Twitter as I Snow Nothing. Uh, I guess occasionally on Instagram. I barely really ever use that though. Um, but yeah, I'm just talking about comics and uh, cartoons, movies, TV, and uh, other real real life shit as well. But a lot, mostly a lot of uh, you know comic book stuff. Right right now very much distracting myself with uh with hickman and, uh, <laughs> and and this stuff it's it's just uh it feels like every every week now wednesday is exciting again and it's kind of cool exactly yeah. exactly i can't wait for every wednesday now it's a beautiful thing like i can almost see you doing a podcast just on this run <laughs> like like seriously there's a lot to it like like we spent over two hours just talking about it you know what i'm saying yeah, <laughs> so, we had to stop ourselves <laughs> we had to stop ourselves but uh well, and, well, and I, I, for a second i was like well yeah there's gonna be a lot less when it's dawn of x because it won't be weekly but i'm like wait no it'll be two more a month <laughs> six, six comic books a month instead of four and they're saying they're gonna add more yeah, so yeah no but they, yeah, there are they already know their wave two and they're developing wave three although you gotta think they know not all of them are gonna last like they don't they don't plan on books lasting forever anymore. They exactly. I think they... 12 pl- issue runs. Yeah, they plan 12 issues, and then once it gets past issue 8, they're like, fuck, I guess it's just keep- <laughs> I guess it's just keep going. So that's dope, man. Don't well, uh, Jared, thank you for joining us, man. Yeah, we thank you guys for you. having me on. Uh, we'll talk to you online, brother. For sure. Take care, man. Yes, sir, you too. Take care. Take it easy. You too. Peace. <laughs> Shout out to Jared, man. The man knows the shit. Uh, I didn't know that he was that connected to uh, the comic book world. Yeah, like I didn't know that. It's not something that he talks about. Like usually we just talk about shit. And um, uh, yeah, he seems like a good dude. And uh, he said that he actually has OCD. I get it. 
Like, he he got into it. Like, he was like, well, this and that. I didn't even notice it. I have the same comics he does. <laughs> you know, and that's, that is, that is what I like about talking to comic people is one mm-hmm. of the reasons why we end up meeting on these shows because we go in the comic shop and we have conversations like that yeah. just for hours upon hours mm-hmm. and discussing, you know, when great writers step in the booth and, uh, mm-hmm. Things like this, and we, and, and you know, all the shit that Hickman's been giving us, he deserved a whole episode, uh, pretty much dedicated to it because there's a lot to go into, and I still think we haven't even touched everything. No, so it is our second episode on it, yeah. No. <laughs> but I want to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, you know, I, I, I had to get him on for this episode because a lot of people were taking this shit and just posting what he said, and I'm like. Why don't y'all, like, have him on the thing and, like, talk to him and have him post this shit. So it was good to have him on here so he could speak his own piece. You know what I'm saying? We get a bad rap here for some reason. <laughs> it's like, dude, we're just two comic book fans and we love talking to people about comic books. Like, come on and That's just it. talk. That's it. I don't care. Yeah. Um, shit, this. <laughs> no, none at all. <laughs> it's all good, though. People could think what they want. We know the truth. Uh, I want to thank you guys for all joining us. Uh, it's your boy, Tass the Old Nerdy Bastard. Phony toast and toast with the most. We will see you guys all online. Till next time. Once again, we're not a podcast. We're an oddcast. Uh, <laughs> it's the greatest show in the omniverse. Talk to us, we talk back. Talk to us, we talk back. Slogans. Rusty as fuck. That's yeah. alright. It's been two weeks. Give us a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alright, y'all. Peace out. Peace.
because they're at a fucking basketball game. Yeah. <laughs> and so she leaned over to say, hey, you, you want this? And he said, yes. No, the and Bayhive, the Bayhive attacked her. Relentlessly attacked what her. What the yeah, fuck? If you had any kind of cult following attacking people, fuck you. I, like, Beyonce needed to say, yo, y'all relax, okay? Yep. No, all the little hives and shit, they, you fucked up. Batman and Robin was worse. No, Batman and Robin gets a pass. After they explained, there's like an actual explanation for why they did what they did. And after that, I had to forgive him. He said, toys were in, we had to sell toys. Guess what? They did. Yeah, and plus, Batman and Robin also gets the pass of coming well before the age of good comic movies. Anything made after, say, like, 2012 Avengers, or you can even argue 2008 Dark Knight, uh-huh. once you pass that time frame, the excuses start to run out. Yeah. All right, you can go with budget, you can go with what was important at the time, studio decisions, yada, 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 but we now know what comic movies are in. People invest big money now. That's why Justice League didn't get a pass, BVS didn't give it a pass. That's why those movies are worse, because... You came after you knew what you should have done. That's why Fantastic Four, Fan Force things so bad. That's why Dark Phoenix is so bad. You know what you should have done after. I mean, after Logan, you didn't think the X Men got a good send off. That's another reason why it's the worst film. It's supposed to be a send off. I feel bad for Sansa. This is like your- you, had, you had two of the worst season and the worst ending. Damn, in the one same year. year. We did like a month of each other. Yep. Like for real. There's another reason. That's this is your last uh-huh. film. Y'all should have went out with a bang. Look at how Endgame did it. That's Y'all what they, they felt like they did. They blew the phoenix up in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Let's end it here, man. I want to thank you guys for joining us. Um, this is the longest show we've probably done in a while. Yeah. It's your boy, uh, Bolivar Task. Uh, phony Toast, the toast uh, who doesn't give a fuck about Black Dust. <laughs> and, uh, uh, thanks for tuning in. Catch us online. Uh, you guys know the handles. Um, until next time. Peace. Peace. Welcome. No more mutants. Hey. <laughs> All right. It's hey. apparently a phony toast with Wanda over here from the uh, no. from the Avengers. Uh, Bolivar <laughs> Task in the building. Bolivar. Bolivar Task. Task. Hey, listen, man. Listen to me. First off, how are you? Um, I'm dark. You're dark. <laughs> I'm no, dark. you're not. You're beige. No, um, I, I'm doing well overall in life. Okay. Um, I'm. I have. I have had my lowered expectations met. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That should be the name of this episode. Lowered expectations. Actually, no. This episode is named. Oh. oh did you see? Uh, no, I did not. The X Men: The Worst Stand Review. The Worst Stand Review. Okay. <laughs> well, you know. Okay. Well, you because that's how we thought it was the last stand. This no, is the no, this stand. is the worst stand. That was the last stand. This is the worst stand. Yes. Uh, Bolivar Task is the name I'm going by because. Bolivar Task. Okay. Listen. Um. So for those of you who don't know, Ezekra and all y'all in there, I know you guys don't like spoilers, but trust me, this movie spoils itself because it exists. Trust yeah. me, you don't want to watch this film. There is literally nothing that you didn't see in the trailers. That you would be no, maybe kind of half of one thing that you'd be surprised by uh-huh. uh, in the film that you didn't see in the trailers. That However, it's such a like 
such a breeze of a moment that you're like, oh yeah, that that did happen, I guess. Right, right, right. Wasn't right, that right. interesting? It was almost interesting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Listen, yeah. fuck this movie so fucking much. Um. Uh. So yeah. Uh. Dark Phoenix came out. A new X film rose from the trash, from as the you trash. can see here in the background. I would. Uh, it was a cosmic dumpster fire. Is this copywritten? No. Okay. Cool. It's pretty- not copywritten. Okay. But this is a song that I wanted like to play because this is a song, a, a beautiful song about death. Because some things just gotta die. I want this song played at my funeral. Um, I'm tired of X-Men. I'm tired of mutants. You're tired of mutants? I'm tired of mutants. Okay. I don't want to read another X-Men comic. I don't even want to hear the term mutant anymore. No more mutants. Yes, you let me down, X-Men. Damn, bro. Yes, you were a fool. Dead ass. Uh-huh, now. Are, are we going to go through the whole song, fam? Are we going to go through the whole thing? <laughs> uh, copywriting. Okay. I'm just saying. Sadness in my heart. What's that? Dead ass. You'll live forever in my hatred. It does. He's holding his phone a little way from the mic, so if you can't. Oh, can you not hear it? I don't know. I've got them. Your phone. There's the microphone, and your phone's not even in the camera. The thing is moving. Yeah, because we're talking. Hey! Enough of this shit. Listen. Listen. Let's get to the fucking shit. I'm tired of X Men. I'm tired of it. Let it all go. So you're telling Destroy me it all. that like the Phoenix, we should burn it down and wait for it to arise anew? No! What do you mean, no? No! You don't want it to ever rise again? No! Just kill off the entire property? Yes! Forever? Yes! So you I'm really done. just want to watch it. And y'all it. know I was like the biggest X-Men fan ever. Damn. So let me just start off by saying Damn. this. Damn. Dark Phoenix is the worst superhero comic book movie ever. No. Ever. Yes. No. I can prove that. No. I can prove it for a fact. That is the worst. You're going to use the logic that I used to prove Fanforstick, and it will not work. Okay. Fanforstick is the worst. Why is Fanforstick the worst? Because they call it a comic book movie, mm-hmm. and nothing in that movie ever came out of a comic book. The story so, is not comic book. Nothing! None of the Hold up! Like Stop, the Stop the madness! Stop the madness! Stop the madness! Nothing <laughs> in Dark Phoenix came from a comic book movie. Don't do that. Yes, they did. I didn't see LaLondra. They didn't even use the fucking scrolls. They had to call it the Dabari. The Dabari experience scrolls. And, and Professor X was a total asshole. So, <laughs> Did everybody no, 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 no. <laughs> they, they, they actually turned out making Xavier worse. <laughs> I was like, that was borderline almost true. impossible. True, but they did something that was a miracle. What was that? And it was the only highlight of the true f- whole film. They killed Mystique. Finally, J-Law died off. And I can look forward to never having her in another I'll be real with again. you. I'll be real with you. So Mystique dies in the movie. That's not a spoiler. They pretty much say it, do it in the trailer. Um, so Mystique dies. 
And yet I still felt nothing. I felt nothing. I thought that I would be like, yes! Yes! But somehow, Fox even managed to fuck that up. Oh, it wasn't a good death. That's what I'm saying. No, I was like, no, death. this is shitty. But dead is dead. Dead is dead, but dead I'm like, I, I didn't care. Dead is dead. I didn't I'm care. Happy. I'm excited. I didn't care. I'm excited. Like, we like, have a Jay Lawless future to look forward to. No, no I, I don't want no future. I'm done with X-Men films. I don't want to do this shit no more. It's a wrap, like, huh? I'm done. I'm done with this shit. Listen to me, man. Listen, listen, listen to me. Listen to me. Uh, we, we, we watched Dark Phoenix. Shout out to Geeks Worldwide. They hooked us up. KC was good with you. Um, they hooked us up. Much appreciated. Much appreciated. Um, we, we went there, okay? We, we got invited to go see the film free. Now, usually when we go see films for free, it's a packed house. Yes. Uh, that was the case with... Deadpool 2, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman, Venom, Venom. Um, and I'm talking about like, it's, you know, it's elbow to elbow, everybody's in the house from front row to back row, mm-hmm. it's, it's packed. It was packed. It's packed. Um, packed. When Line we got the there, and, and I filmed it live, when we got there, there was like 20 people there, and that was it. No, nah, it wasn't that many people. It wasn't even that many? people showed up. Like, people showed up after we got in. When we got in there, it was maybe, like, seven, eight people. It looked like an Inhumans reunion. <laughs> looked okay, like yeah, all the right. people across the United States who saw people. Inhumans in the theater. But by the time but by the time everyone came, it was only, like, 20, 25 people there. Yeah. Even you could tell the guy who was throwing the event, even he was disappointed. He was like, wow, no one really came for this. Yeah. Now, like, Task and I had upper middle row seats with a seat between us spread out and everything. Yeah. It was absolutely lovely. absolutely lovely. absolutely. And so we get this so that's not a good sign. If you can't even give tickets away. <laughs> if you can't even give I know niggas who will just go to a movie just to go. Yep. And they were just like, "Now nah, I'm cool. I'm straight." I don't want to watch it. I don't think I'm going to participate. Uh, yeah, and they did it. And so that was a bad sign. The movie starts. It starts off with the president saying, we need the X-Men to save astronauts because that's a thing they do now. Yeah, because, you know, um, <laughs> although you have no space training, uh-huh. no real zero-grav training because uh-huh. we never got an underwater movie, right? No. Did they bring any underwater characters with them? No. Okay, so no space training. Done. We're just going to go up to space now. Yeah, we're just going to go to space. You know, like it ain't no thing. Yeah, and, like it's uh, nothing. Because, you know, the astronauts and everybody, they up there. And, yeah. uh, you know, we got to do this. I mean, we're the X-Men. We're you know, the president, whoever the fuck this president is, was like a cross between Bill Clinton yeah, and Yeah, I was Nixon. like, y'all couldn't, like, just get a fake president? Y'all like, couldn't get, uh, it would have been either I mean, Bush or Clinton. Yeah, or just, just, just not even showing the president's face. Yeah. They could have just had the, oh, Mr. President, on the line. Like, yeah. all right, nigga, I believe you. I don't need to see. Yeah. I don't need to actually see. see the president. Actually, I don't know if I believe Professor X. <laughs> later in the movie, but we'll get into that. Oh, uh, shit. Um, but yes, they, uh, they are now official government agents. I guess. A space mission. I guess. To go and save astronauts. Yeah. Because uh, Charles, mm-hmm. um, the mutants who were previously hunted, are now superstars. And Which the is world weird. puts their trust in their hands before they're going to send their own. Yeah, absolutely. So they go to space. 
Yes. And which, like, it's just crazy because I guess they've never done it before. No. So they, they were just, very straight up on. Just straight just up, all right, nigga, we're going to space. And, like, you can kind of see Beast is like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, like, we could just do that? I think this will work. I don't even fully know if this will work because we never tested it. But fuck, put the kids in the jet, fam. Let's roll out. Yeah, let's dip out. And so they go it's to like space. Disneyland. And um, I refuse to call her Storm. Oh, you mean... Uh, Ice Storm. Hailstorm. 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 Okay, we'll yeah. call her Hailstorm because that wasn't Storm. No. Because all of a sudden they gave Storm... Iceman's powers. Yes. Well, now, technically, if you can manipulate the atmosphere, uh-huh. you can also completely generate water in a vacuum. I guess. Yeah, no, it's total, totally. Because they said cold. that she uses her weather powers in space. So I'm thinking, okay, that could be done. Like, I can see she's shooting lightning bolts, whatever. Yeah. Okay, fine. This bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 okay, there's astronauts that need help. The ship is falling apart. Mystique, who literally does nothing in this film. Well, no. She complains. Oh, okay. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. like, man, I see through the bullshit. (laughs) Storm. And I turn into J-Law. And I turn into J-Law for no reason. Uh, uh, Hailstorm. Mm -hmm. They tell Hailstorm to freeze the outside of the ship. The reaction on me and Toe's face in the theater was like, wait, what? (laughs) And she does it. She just does it. Does it, yeah. How? (laughs) Is there moisture in space? I'm not. I'm not a scientist. I'm yeah. just like, wait, and not only what? That, but here's the best part about that: if there's moisture in space, it would have already been frozen. That's why so I'm with it. That's why I was like, whoa, creating water. I was like, whoa, over there for it to freeze. Yeah, no, for real. I was like, whoa, 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 because even Iceman can't just create ice. The whole concept of Iceman is that since our whole we're, the world is like ninety percent water. So there's just moisture everywhere. Yeah. And so what Iceman does is he can absorb moisture and freeze it. That's yeah. he can lower the temperature of the yeah. molecule. Yeah, he lowers the temp- he can absorb that. moisture and for and lower the temperature. That there's like scientific shit to it. Yeah. Same thing with Storm. Storm technically can't just make a storm. Basically what Storm's powers is she can manipulate the electrons and all the shit that creates weather. She can do that. She yeah. can't just create it out of nowhere. That's not how this works. <laughs> no. um, Kaiju, hold on. Kaiju's mm-hmm. plain devil's advocate. Did she use the moisture from inside the ship? Just plain devil's no, advocate. No, it was outside. Here, here's the problem. Number one, it was outside. And yeah. number two, at this point, the ship was already broken up. And the astronauts were all already in their spacesuits because yeah. they were already losing pressure and they were in a free spin. Yeah. So, technically, by this point... Any moisture that would have been free inside the ship should have been frozen anyway. Yeah. Just the way No, it you're right. You're absolutely right. And like I said, I would have understood it more if they were inside. Yeah. But no, it was outside of the ship. And they froze the outside of the ship. I'm like, how the fuck? Like, me, me and Toast were like, wait, what? Yes. Like, how okay, does okay, this work? Okay, okay, fine. Okay, fine. Let's we'll roll with it. belief. We're, okay, fine. Moment. Yeah, all right, fine. Keep okay, whatever, Keep whatever. Okay. Let, let, let's go to the next physics So they said... <laughs> <laughs> There's so many. They said... Bill deGrasse Tyson was watching this shit like, what the fuck is going on here? No, Kaiju said, I tried. We appreciate you. We appreciate And please check us if something doesn't make sense to you. Maybe we're doing it wrong. I'd be yeah. the first to say so. So next they say, all right, here's what's going to happen. They make Cyclops go in... Because the, the ship is spinning. 
They make Cyclops go inside this machine that amplifies his blast so that she, he could hit the other side of it to stop it from spinning. I have no problem with that. I thought that was actually kind of cool. I was like, okay. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. So he could take his visors off yeah. and just go full blast. And that's kind of cool because then you don't really have to keep weapons on the ship. You have weapons. You have one. Yeah, yeah. I had no issue with that right, part. Now I see why Cyclops is there. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense why you bring this dude. Because the whole point <laughs> me, the whole time, I'm like, what the fuck is he going to do? <laughs> All he does is destruction. He You're trying to destroy shit. shit. Thank God the ship was spinning. He wouldn't <laughs> be able to do anything else. Just in case they need a Care Bear <laughs> stare, here's Cyclops. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> So, she, so Mystique, by the way, Beast is doing nothing. <laughs> and he transforms into Beast. Yes. Like, let's just ignore the ridiculousness that Beast can transform into human and Beast form. Let's just re- re- ignore it. Where Beast. Where Beast, yes, exactly. Where Beast. Mm-hmm. That pisses me off because the whole, I love the whole concept of Beast is that Beast hates being Beast. That was He hates it. Once. And here's a, a little footnote for you guys. This is a point mm-hmm. for uh, the worst stand versus the last stand. Because in the last stand, Kelsey Grammer was beast pretty Man. much the entire movie. Man. Outside of when they used, put him around Leech, uh-huh. he was able to you know kind yeah. of unbeast him a bit because they took his power off. And you it was could, a big part of his character. Yeah, and you could see like he was like in like when he saw his actual hand, yeah. he was just like, oh my god, and like you could see the resentment in him. Like this could be me. Like, that's one of the things I love about Beast is that he knows that if he didn't look like this, he'd be the next Neil deGrasse Tyson or some shit. Yeah. Like, he really is that intelligent, and yet he can't do much. They're like, dude, he's like, fucking look at me. Yeah. And he's surrounded by people yep. who don't look like him, telling him, oh, everything's okay. Yeah. Fuck yeah, you. It's all right, guys. He's like, fuck you, okay? Yeah. Fuck all I'm of fucking you. Fucking giant wolf monster, bro. I'm a bro. giant wolf cat and gorilla, blue. nigga. Like, nigga, I didn't even get a cool wolf blended yeah. color, nigga. I didn't even get, like, gray <laughs> or black or something, nigga. I got white-ass blue, motherfucker. Like, dude, like, I hate dark here. beast. That nigga blend in the background. And, <laughs> and nigga... Listen, and I'm and I'm evolving even more. Like y'all niggas got your shit, you're done. Beast is like, dude, I saw my future self. I got a horn. The fuck? I got a tail and a horn. I'm about to be fucked up in the I'm future. I'm about to be Nightcrawler over in this bitch, nigga. What the and fuck? And that's another thing I like, because he looks at Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler's like, hey, what's up? And he's like, man, like, I'm going to have to get some ladies, bro. World's most sexiest mutant and shit. Yeah. And this nigga blue, and it got yellow eyes, too. Beast is like, fuck and a all of you. And a tail. Two and, toes. And, and, <laughs> Two toes and, and nigga, fingers, nigga. <laughs> and nigga, my mom's mystique. And y'all still out here. Good morning. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, oh, point down. Yeah, point you're down. Right. <laughs> Quit shedding on me. Quit shedding on me. But hey, the worst part about it is, you know who shed. Bright ass blue hair all over everything. No, dead ass. And MTF made a good point. Is Hank McCoy's fault? Why he's blue in the first place? That's another thing I'm willing to forgive in the films. I wish that they would have done that, but I, but I understand why they didn't. Either way, I don't like that he could just transform to and from. It doesn't make sense. There's no point to it. It's not a good flex. Dog, you could just never turn into Beast again and be cool. And just live a human life. <laughs> That's just stupid to me. But anyways, yeah, okay. Very true, very so true. they say, alright guys, we're going to teleport uh, I want Nightcrawler, who can now just teleport across space 
Into areas he can't see. Into areas he can't see. Okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. okay. This is the perfect opportunity to use Jean to gain the mind, to go into the minds of one of the astronauts mm-hmm. so she could see mm-hmm. where Kurt's going to teleport, which is totally something they use later. But right. anyway, <laughs> we forgot about that we're going to do that later. So. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, so yeah. they so. teleport inside. He teleports Quicksilver inside. So Quicksilver can now move at super super speed in zero gravity. Yeah, you didn't know this. N- no. No. Um. So you know how like there's physics. Uh huh. Right. Well, Apocalypse was tied to physics in True. the X Men universe. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. So when they killed Apocalypse, they broke physics. Like, they broke just physics out yeah, the so door. Quicksilver. He doesn't need to propel himself off anything. <laughs> he just moves. So the gravity is moving fast with him. No, yeah, no, no. He tied into the gravity force. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. The gravity force. Okay. Through, so there's uh, no Fox speed force. For, there's yeah. no speed force. It's no, gravity it's DC force. <laughs> here, man. So, so Quicksilver, who normally runs like the speed of sound and really isn't that fast, uh huh. He not only stops time, <coughs> he can propel himself without mm. the need for. Um, I mean, he can gain momentum mm-hmm. without the need to propel himself from anything. Yeah. So, like, he doesn't... Technically, if he was just standing around, mm-hmm. he don't need to be on the ground. He'd just be in the air just doing shit. Just doing it. Doing no, shit. for real. Like, so he moves in gravity yeah. hella fast. And Seca says, was the speed at least cool? No! No. It was no. complete butt sauce. It was butt juice. Yeah. That's Let, what it was. Let's go ahead and get the blanket out here, um, just so you guys know, going into the situation. The special effects... Trash. ...were... I would probably say, um, uh-oh, oh. <laughs> well, that happened, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> we're probably like maybe F level at best, they're uh-huh. a complete failure, I think, mm-hmm. I would yeah. probably say like soap yeah. opera level special effects. And NTF says they didn't even spring for a song for him. I was also willing to forgive, because in a world where there's science shit, Going weird shit going on. There's some things I gotta forgive. I gotta forgive the fact that when he puts headphones on, he's now listening in super speed. <laughs> yeah, well, he, because keeps, he keeps his shit on a uh, what's it called he super fast. It yeah. has to be because he's obviously moving faster than sound. <laughs> or 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 uh, he's slowing down everything around him. Ah. So, like you say, because, I mean, they show everything happening to him at normal speed. <laughs> and then he's moving so fast. So fast. And, that... well, or it entraps itself. Because, like, for example, with the Speed Force, technically that works. And here's the reason why. Mm-hmm. Anything in his bubble, so anything attached to him, is well, why that, he that grabs sense. people yeah. and pull through. Yeah. The Force extends out yeah. to him. So, technically, he's always in real time to him. This is one of the main... moving through things. No, you're right. Because what, one of the main things I hate about how a lot of different writers write The Flash... That they forget that Flash isn't just... (laughs) Oh, my bad. Uh, Flash isn't just fast. He is the god of motion, pretty much. He can absorb speed. So if you're moving fast, he can just be like, oh, I'm just going to take your speed away from you. Yeah. (laughs) Now you're not fast anymore. Well, actually, you would think, um, you know how Magneto's the master of magnetism? Mm -hmm. He's the master of the speed force. No, you're right. And so also he can make other things fast. Yeah. So he can make everybody else fast. That's something I think a lot of writers forget because I'm like, dude, all he has to do is give everyone his speed. Not everyone as fast as him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, no, writers don't forget that. Look at all his bones. I know. Oh. (laughs) 
Oh, man. Anyway, so we'll get back to it. So, okay, so they go and rescue the people, come back in. One of them oh, says... Don't, don't forget that uh, Nightcrawler, is his appendage is apparently immune. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Space. So they put <laughs> Nightcrawler in a suit. His hands and feet are bare. Yeah. Because he doesn't have regular hands and regular feet. Yep. And so he's just exposed to the vacuum of space. Yeah, so he's just exposed. But that's okay because that's one of Nightcrawler's powers, I guess, now. He can just survive in space. His hands don't freeze off. So they yeah. go back in and they say, wait, there's somebody still in there. We have to go back in there. And so, why didn't they use Quicksilver again? Um, because the ship had broken up more. Yeah, the ship had broken up. And they up. didn't have to. Because remember, Quicksilver goes in there. I don't even think he had a spacesuit on, did he? I don't... Did Quicksilver not have a suit? I don't think so. Holy shit. Um, Gerald, you saw it. Uh, let me know. <laughs> the, remind me. Did Quicksilver have a suit? Because I don't think when they went in the first time, I don't even remember if Nightcrawler had a suit. Because the show, because the ship was breaking up, and they had, I know they had to. Because I thought it. they froze the windows so that way they can go in. Because the ship had already broken oh, open. Yeah. Okay, so the ship yeah, had broken open. Yeah, that makes the sense. Ship had okay, that makes open. sense. And then she now froze I the windows. Yeah, she like, froze. Oh yeah, we can just go in now. Outside, and we just went in. <laughs> and so, fuck oxygen. Fuck yeah, 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 yeah. I can understand them being able to survive inside because everything was frozen inside. But Except for the, the oxygen should have, yeah. I mean, pressure, oxygen. Like right. you said, without the pressure, he also once again has nowhere to run. Right, right. NGFs are correct. Okay, cool. Because I remember they duct tape a suit. <laughs> yeah. No, they duct tape a fishbowl. Oh, a fishbowl on yeah. Nightcrawler. Because they fought Mysterio earlier. I was like, where did fishbowl come from? <laughs> they Number fought one. Mysterio earlier. I guess. And I'm like, someone was saying, oh, that was an actual super pair. No, nigga, they had to duct tape it on him. Yeah. So they had tape available. And in a fishbowl, thank God, that could fit his big-ass head. And they just didn't expose his hands and feet. I, that was the first thing I noticed. The fuck. So they sent Jean Grey in there. Did Jean, was Jean covered? No. Jean just went. Jean did just go in, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, because she used her telekinesis. I mean, I assume she used her telekinesis <laughs> to not only shield herself from the vulnerability of space, but also somehow generate oxygen mm-hmm. in this place where the ship's torn. And not do it for, to- for nightcrawling. Huh? And not do it for nightcrawling. No, he had a fishbowl. <laughs> ah, shit. He had a fishbowl. That's so kind of fucked straight. up if you think about it. Well, like, oh, think about I'm going to take care of myself. Well, yeah, she got to. She got a fishbowl. <laughs> well, the, the, they didn't give her a fishbowl. Why is she going to take care of him? She <laughs> could do both. Instead of having my nigga looking crazy. Obviously, you know, she could do a lot because she up there generating <laughs> She up there oh, just putting the shit back together. And so they go. They got to rescue this guy. Yeah. So they go. He Because the ship's breaking apart. So Jean says... Oh, it's broken apart. Oh, wait. No, 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 no. They, we we're getting ahead of ourselves. So they're like, oh, wait. There's one more guy in there. Mystique is like, fuck that shit. We're done. We're leaving. Yes. Xavier's like, no. Stay there and help save everybody. And Mystique is like, no. I'm not putting this team in danger. Jean says, I got this. I got this. I'm going... Let, let me in. I'll hold this shit. The shit's breaking apart like fuck now. Because yeah. the Phoenix Force has attacked... You know what? I'm not calling it the Phoenix Force because no. it's never called that. The X-Men Aether. The, the X-Men Aether. Uh, uh, Galactus from Fantastic Four. <laughs> Space Cloud thingy. Either that or Parallax from the Green Lantern film. So it's space, also the Aether. The, it's red. The, it's flowy. Space kind dust. Like, like uh, what's it called? You can totally have Thor explain it. It's like a liquidy type Right, thing. right, right, right. Exactly. 
Yeah, she created a... Uh, she created a TK fish. Oh, for fuck's sake. I, I bet they made oxygen creation one of Hailstorm's new powers. <laughs> oh, there you go. Because technically she could. If she could create water and moisture, uh-huh. what's the fundamental components of water? Oxygen ah. and hydrogen. So maybe Storm's answer is making... Hydrogen square. So hydrogen square with oxygen. Okay. Yeah. Okay, fine. H2O. So, so she feels... The hailstorm. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we making more sense of this film? I got it. We got it. We're rolling. We're rolling. You're right. You're right. We're rolling. So, okay. This so is the, this, is, <laughs> this is the super suit show cut. God damn. This is super cut. This is super cut. I like that. Super cut. This is super cut. I'm fucking with it. I'm fucking with it. Storm creates her own atmosphere. Okay, fine. We're in there. Um, We in there. Okay, so... They go back in there. Gene's holding the ship together mm-hmm. while Nightcrawler finds the guy. Nightcrawler finally finds the guy, goes to grab Gene and teleport them all. But right when she teleports, the 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 space dust just hits Gene. Galactus. 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 And <laughs> just hits Gene. And so uh, uh, Nightcrawler transports back without her. And Cyclops, a little bitch ass. <laughs> Where is she? Where is she? Here's my thing. I get that's your girlfriend, dog. But why are you the only one that really cares this much? Well, Shouldn't they all be like, what the fuck? Yeah, they didn't really develop like them this much. Because I don't remember <laughs> them being like all that together. What is it? Bro, you a little obsessive. I mean, y'all probably could have been dating for that long. I mean, I guess 10 years now, huh? I mean, I guess it's been 10 years. So, so, wow. my, so Gene gets 10 years, bro, you put a ring on it, my nigga? And you took her out of space? You for real? <laughs> Stella! Stella! So listen, man. Gene! Uh, he did a good Gene, though. He did a good Gene. Yeah, 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 yeah. Later in the movie, yeah. Any person, anybody who tries out for Cyclops, they have to scream Gene. Yeah. <laughs> Gene! Yep. Anyways, um... So, I want to stop right here. Because we get the scene where Gene gets infected by the Galactus. Yeah. Now I'm confused. Okay, go ahead. Literally the last film. The last film, um, Apocalypse? Yes. X-Men Apocalypse, yes. which happened in the 80s? I guess. Okay. Yeah, I'll I guess it you. happened in the 80s. With you. Okay, we'll roll with that, I think. <laughs> I'm like, okay, 80s, uh, all right. Um, so, okay. I, I, I rewatched the end of Apocalypse. Okay. Because I watched it and I hated it so much I didn't want to watch it again. But I was confused because I said, wait, I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm not wrong here. But didn't Gene defeat Apocalypse with the Phoenix Force? You mean in this picture, like right up here? Oh, oh yes, 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 yes. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Um, she did. They reached in. They went out of their way to mm-hmm. show the Phoenix bird. Mm-hmm. And then they had her. Bird and all. Bird and all. Bird, bird and all. all. Very specific. Yeah. Very, and, very specific. And so she gets infected. By the okay. thing, and I'm like, wait, didn't she already have it in the 80s? Technically, yes and no. Okay, tell me so more. So, what you're talking about is the Phoenix Force. Uh-huh. It's different than the Galactus. Oh, well, Galactus. <laughs> right? The Galactus uh-huh. is a different power uh-huh. used by a people that we've never heard from before. Mm-hmm. It sounds like the Barge. <laughs> uh, and the Barge, you know, they they had a funky tool on the planet. MTF don't do that. He said the Phoenix was insider all along. Galactus. Are you an ex-apologist? Are you an apologist? Of the- uh, Fuck no, out of here. no. Uh, that, I'm it not buying. Because let's let's go down the list here. Mm-hmm. Um, after 
the uh, later throughout the film, mm-hmm. we learned that the Phoenix. Nobody calls this thing the Phoenix at all, or Gene the Gene the thing the Phoenix. Yeah. Gene just gets called the Phoenix by some kids at school. Yeah, they're like because you know they're calling you the Phoenix. Yeah, like oh Why? yeah, Why? kids would come up with something that says rise from the at no, that's what? not and you didn't burn up. Yeah, there was no fire involved, so that's what I was thinking. Okay, oh. when I saw the trailer, I was like, okay, she must light up or some kind of exp- some shit. But no, it was just yeah. they just called her that. Yeah. It didn't make sense. And, like, she didn't, like, come back in any, like, cool way. Like, I was hoping, like, oh, they lost her. They all have to return home without her. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden she just pops up. Yeah. Or rises. Yeah. No, she came home with them fools. So, all <laughs> kids, and the best part is, like, they walk right in. Uh-huh. Like, from the mission. They're, like, kids are calling you things. Like, how do you guys have these mission details? <laughs> how do any of you know what happened? Yeah, no, and for Professor real. X broadcast this whole school. <laughs> yeah, all their minds linked. Yeah. So they can see it all. Gene, like, tormenting Front everybody. row seats. Front row seats and the fucking shit. So no wonder them kids are so tormented. I know. Shit. No, for real. So, so they get home, right? And, like, Xavier's all like, hey, check us all out. Check out what they do. You know, they, they, they did a good job. And Beast and Mystique both go to their human forms. Yeah. That pissed me off. Yeah. Because they are at home in the X Mansion. Yeah. In Mist- front of young mutants. And Mystique, you've been around 30 years now. No. <laughs> no. She hasn't been around 30. She got to think. She's about 50 years old, 50 something years old because she was there in their 20s. No, you're right. And they no, but what I mean is oh. she's been an X Man. Oh. And around other yeah. mutants. But you're not wrong. She's I thought like, the X Men just formed last film. For this film. I'm so confused. They got government I'm sanctions so in this film. Hey, I'm they're so not a team until you get tax exemption. <laughs> you might be right. I'm so Tax confused. ID 1991. I don't know what is going on anymore. I just work here. I just work here. That's all I tell people. So, okay. So, anyway, it's been 10 years since the last film. And you're still, like, nervous to be... No. I'm sorry. No. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. And so... She goes and gives Charles Xavier shit. And Xavier says, you know, we did a good thing. And she says, you put those kids in danger. Stop again. (laughs) Children. Yes, you put those children, those kids in danger. Stop. (laughs) At the end of Apocalypse. Uh Uh-huh. Which happened in the 80s. Ten years ago. She says, you're not kids no more, you're not children, you're not students, you're X-Men. Well, she said that to them at a time when they had to be, like, five years old. Oh, okay. So that way they're still technically teenagers now. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> if not, they'd be well into their 20s. <laughs> and most definitively not kids. Yeah, no, for real. <laughs> but so- then again, she is like a 60-something-year-old woman. Oh, God damn it. Because- I'm only willing to let Mystique slide on that. I'm only willing to live with Professor X and Young Beast. I guess Beast is an animal now, so he doesn't need to age. So that was the scene that was walking around Twitter. We all know that I love J-Law, but I hate J-Law's mistake. What was that acting? Well, there was no acting there. there. That wasn't acting. That was just giving my fucking check (laughs) so I can go and do some other shit. I used to be an Oscar-nominated, you know. Did she win an Oscar? I think, I think she so. won an Oscar. Either she won an Oscar or the movie won an Oscar. I right, right, right. One. Right, I think she got I think one. she holds that because she ain't, she don't do that blue shit, which means, you know, she's uh, she's Oscar award winner. Yeah, exactly. So, so. That's I, the biggest I, problem I have with J-Law. 
Talk to me. It's you. You can feel her lack of caring throughout the movie. Everything mm-hmm. feels very forced. It feels. It feels a lot like a contract negotiation, where it's like, look, I need to say a couple powerful things, mm-hmm. and I don't care where they're placed or how they're placed. Mm-hmm. I ain't doing much of this blue shit. Matter of fact, you need to rethink the blue shit because if you look at her in X Men um, Origins, mm-hmm. or no, X Men First Class, mm-hmm. and you look at her now. Mm-hmm. The, it's like the quality is way the fuck down. It's like, way down. It doesn't even look like I don't even know if they did that. Shit look digital. But in her, <laughs> <laughs> but in her defense, I can say that about everybody. Everyone's just phoning it in at this point. You can just tell everyone's like, can we just wrap this shit up? Uh, yeah, they just keep it going. So, anyways, a scene happens that pisses no, me. Except for Cyclops. Cyclops went oh, yeah. hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had a gene. He has the best gene. Yeah. He has the best gene. He has it. He could have been an okay Cyclops. I, I didn't have nothing against movie. the actor. I didn't want to. Cyclops is the best thing about this movie. God damn. God damn. Because he had the cool little moment with the visor and the blackbird. He went hard for Gene. He didn't go hard for Gene. He was the only one doing anything reasonable with his powers. Listen, man. <laughs> listen, man. Uh, we'll get there, but there's a scene that happens with Cyclops that made me laugh, but it also pushes the, the fact that maybe he is the best part of the movie. But anyways... Yeah. Oh, she went for Silver Linings Playbook and American Hustle. Damn! Damn! She double Oscar. Yeah, she don't give no shit. <laughs> You fold this shit in digital forever. I don't even need to. Oh, I don't want no makeup. No contact. So, oh, yeah. Nah, fuck that shit. Yeah, she's like, no, look at me, nigga. <laughs> You're gonna have me J-Law. So, um, um, so, so J-Law and Xavier are arguing with each other. Okay. And Gene, I mean, Gene Mystique says, you know, she basically gives him shit, saying, well, why don't you do something? I want to scream at the scene, bitch, she's in a fucking wheelchair. <laughs> Roll my ass on what up the there. What the fuck you want the this nigga to do? Gonna, what do you want him to he do? Gonna make the science, he gonna make the astronauts think. What, what do you want him to do? They had good deaths. I'm gonna hold ah, My brain. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? I euthanized them early. There what do you want this man to do? What do you want? Girl, you didn't even do anything. What do you want him to do? What are you talking about? She, she, she was there. She was there. She pulled up. Yeah, she pulled up. No yeah, gravity in space. Yeah. No uh, gravity in space. Yeah, he can just uh, float right on over. Swim out. Grab one. Grab <laughs> oh, God. God damn it. That's God it. Piss me off. We're good. I had no issue with the ex-women line. It's kind of corny, but it was kind of like, eh, yeah, whatever. I get what she was trying to say. Even though... It felt super forced for no reason. I hate to say that because people say other things about like the A4 scene and other scenes of all the women where they say, oh, that felt super forced. In that situation, it didn't feel forced to me because I'm kind of like, well, well, here's the problem is there was no real lead up to it. Okay. So very much like later on, it'll talk about like Jane and her whole motivations. Like it felt like there was not a lot of lead up to any of the situations of the movie. Mm-hmm. So, where we're at right now, mm-hmm. like you said, out of nowhere, when we just went from a movie where, like, three movies where mutants are hated and, you know, they have problems, yeah. all of a sudden, y'all motherfuckers first line to the president, got a direct phone line, mm-hmm. straight to the president, mm-hmm. and an X phone, mm-hmm. and you guys are doing space missions. 
Like, there's no lead up to that shit. Then, like we said, with the Scott caring about Gene. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, we've been dating for a long time, and we're, like, madly in love, and I give a fuck about her. And I guess. Like, I was you know, like, and nobody else does. Which, you <laughs> he know, was the only one really concerned about her. Yeah, because they were trying to push the narrative that he loves her or whatever. I guess. Like, I was just like, what? But exactly. There was no lead up to anything. No, yeah. No, it I'm just felt you. like I'm we're constantly, you. like, jumping from, like, okay, scene. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, it felt like somebody wrote the movie like this. I uh, they're gonna go to space and uh, she gonna get Darfina and uh, she gonna come back. She gonna problem right and then uh, everybody gonna be like, "Hey, what your problem is?" And she gonna be like, "I'm Darfina. I'm killing everybody." And uh, then eventually gonna stop her in film. <laughs> in the film, um, <laughs> no, for real. So um, that's the film. That, that's the whole. That's the film. So now, um, you know, hey, yo, Kevin Feige, can we save Jessica Chastain? Can we I'm save going her? Nowhere. Can we save her? She took a smart role. Nobody gonna remember that. Can we save her? That wasn't Jessica Chastain. That was it was, was alien. Pretending to be Jessica. <laughs> Chastain. Jessica Chastain was having a dinner party because <laughs> because <laughs> I love it. Took over her body. I think she's a great actress. I think that she does great shit, and I think that she was tricked into this shit because in this moment everybody's trying to be a part of some superhero shit. Yeah. So she saw a chance to be a part of some superhero shit. Unfortunately, <laughs> it was with the X Men. So basically, we <laughs> you can reserve some of the X Men actors. I mean, I would say Fastbender's got a bad kind of rap through the whole thing. Um, he was in early on, but you know, if you Jackman ever wanted to make a reappearance, people would be happy about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Reynolds, yeah, X Men. Uh, the Colossus uh, voice actor and CGI. No, that's that's Colossus. Um, you can keep. I mean, you my, can keep everything from Deadpool and Logan. Here's my uh, Patrick issue. Stewart. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, here's my issue with CGI Colossus. Eventually, he's gonna have to need to go to his human form. Fuck you do that. Come on! I don't give a fuck about you without your power. Colossus! Then you just do. Colossus needs to be able to turn into the steel form. No. You know why? <laughs> because they did that and it sucked. Alright? That wasn't the actor's fault! So, I don't want him to try it again. Don't bother with it. He's fine as metal. Let me see the laughing shadow greetings all. I just wanted to say first time here, and I believe the commentary might actually make watching Dark Phoenix <laughs> since I would have a really available laugh track in my mind. Oh so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it is a uh, it is a laugh friendly movie. Um, <laughs> it's definitely a laugh friendly movie. It, it's if um, I do warn this um, just to anybody who thinks about playing a drinking game for this movie, um, <laughs> do not. Play a drinking in the game with this movie. You will get alcohol poisoning 15 <laughs> minutes in. Um, if you play oh, a shot, shit. if you take a shot, look, we haven't even. We're like in, not even through the first act. We're doing it. We're not right? like 10 minutes <laughs> in. Yeah, 10 minutes <laughs> and already we would be completely freaking wasted. So just a warning: do not drink through this movie. And so you know, just in case you do end up uh, leaving during the show to go see this movie for whatever reason, mm-hmm. um, this is a pee anytime movie. If you have to pee. It's fine to get up anytime during this movie. You won't miss anything. Hey, yo, Streaks, relax, man. He said, I would tear the metal up and never get herpes or <laughs> You trying to give him the metal pipe? To... <laughs> well, <laughs> here's, here's the problem, trying to pipe <laughs> Here's the problem for you, fam, though. Uh, you fucked up already. That's organic metal, fam. <laughs> 
I mean, it's in the name. It's organic metal, bro. So, you know, I mean, yeah, it's hard, ting, 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 but no mean he can't get him. I mean, the nigga got the legacy virus. You know what pissed me off, Streaks? Now I got all these images in my head. You son of a bitch. I got metal dicks in my head now. And moving on. No, 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 we can't move on. We're here now. We're here now. I got a metal there. dick. I don't I got a metal there. dick in my You got a metal God dick in your head, bro. God damn it. God damn it. You might want to see a doctor. That sounds like it's going to surgically. I'm going to ruin this. This episode is called Metal Dicks. God damn it. I guess it beats. Well, well, no, it's back because now I'm thinking about Fan Force Stick and Thing didn't have a dick. So. Another thing that was taken away in that movie. <laughs> I take it away. Right. Oh, shit. Uh, he doesn't know how to pronounce my name. He gave it to me. It's Sekra. 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 Sekra, Sekra, Sekra. Willie Beeman, uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix. You heard X-Men Dark Phoenix is feminine turned into Max. No. No. Not at all. Not at all. There's one scene that just kind of felt forced about the X-Women, and it's like... You can see if it were written uh, a little bit better. Like, that scene might have come in a little later in the movie, but J-Law was trying to get the fuck up out. Yeah, you could just You know tell. what I mean? So it was kind of like, yeah, it wasn't really... Because when you think about it, it's like, okay, you took literally... I mean, the mission. The only mission you see is two dudes and one female. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So having yeah. to be that one, because like, yeah. you didn't do anything, so technically we can credit Beast for driving the ship. <laughs> I mean, yeah. right? Cyclops, no, like four dudes. <laughs> and then Mystique was on standby, and Gene did all the rest. So, God, we got to get going. Give me only 10 minutes in. All You're right, not right, wrong. Right. So, You're okay, wrong. So, 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 move fast forward. Now there's a party going on. No, you forgot. They redid the uh, X-Men Last Stand theme, but instead of Wolverine, it was Beast. So, with the, uh, what's it called, her line on the table? Oh. They basically recreated the same scene from X Men Last Stand. Yeah. So she's on the table. She's like, "I feel wonderful. I feel great. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? I feel like a rush. I feel so." Oh yeah, awesome. and he says, "You're more powerful than ever." Yeah. And like, I'm like, "How did you come to that conclusion? Your readings are off the charts now." I'm so confused. Like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> yeah, we can tell power levels. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess. Which is also a thing they did in X Men Last Stand. Remember they had the mutant girl. Ah, remember yes. she was just like I can just tell power levels. That's my thing. <laughs> that's my that's my power. I can just tell power levels. Yeah. And Phoenix is the most powerful ever. Yeah. <laughs> Magneto was the one before, but now you girl shit. Uh, shit. So yeah. okay, so um, okay, so we go through that scene. Um, we go to we finally go to a party that's being thrown, which has probably the most awesome moment in the movie for like half a second. Um, out of nowhere, because somebody is singing. Yep. Out of nowhere. Fucking Dazzler is there. In 70s garb. In the 70s gear. I'm 20 like, years too late. Yeah, I'm like, y'all, you about 22 <laughs> movies late. <laughs> like, dude, alright, first of all, why don't you just do Ultimate Dazzler? It would fit totally more. I agree. Um, especially with the theme with of the, the movie of her going era. dark and yeah. dark Phoenix, the yeah. grunge era. Like, it was yeah. 90s grunge era. That would have made sense if it was Ultimate Dazzler. Even though it would have been dope if you guys just stayed away from Dazzler because you didn't bother making a sister. You and go. you guys did bling <laughs> and you had him up there spitting. 90s hip hop. God damn it. That'd be dope. Oh, that would kind of be dope. Dazzler. Yeah, da- yeah Sega. Dazzler's in the movie. Out of nowhere, there's Dazzler. Uh. <laughs> We're just like, what? <laughs> but here's the rest. As soon as she's there, She's instantly gone. She's gone. For a good. And then Cyclops walks up to Storm 
And the only time Hailstorm. Storm Hailstorm. The only time Hailstorm is useful <laughs> in this film. This nigga walks up to her and says, Hey, can you give me some ice cubes? And she just makes ice cubes in her hand and give it to him. First of all, that's disgusting. <laughs> Don't you ever give me ice cubes out of your fucking hand. Shut I don't up. care. You would drink Storm's bath water. Stop lying. <laughs> not that Storm. <laughs> not that Storm. Not Alexander's ship. <laughs> not Hailstorm. Not Hailstorm. <laughs> not Hailstorm. No, nigga, don't be. You just came from space. I didn't, did you take a shower from space? from space? Did you take a shower from space? You didn't take a fucking shower making fucking ice cubes in your fucking hand to put in my drink. Ew, bitch. Oh, shit. <laughs> So I was grossed out. <laughs> Unless it's Iceman, because Iceman is ice, so it made sense. Uh, Worst icing since Bobby Blue Logan's Hey yo, hey yo, phrasing. Phrasing. Yeah. He's yeah. talking about the scene. Yeah. Oh. Wasn't it the third one? No. Oh, where, no, it was in two. Was it in two? It yeah, in two. where um Wolverine gives Bobby a tall boy, and he blows the tall boy. Yeah, he blows it cold. Hey, listen, man. Especially when he could have just touched it. And handed it back. Hey, listen, man. Don't blow on my drink, dog. <laughs> don't blow on my drink. <laughs> Throw that shit in the trash, bro. <laughs> Nasty ass shit, hey, listen, man. <laughs> don't ever blow on my drink. But then I don't again, give a fuck. Then again, of all people for him to blow on the drink, Wolverine don't give a fuck about no germs. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm Wolverine saying. Wolverine don't give a fuck about no germs. I However, forgot. Cyclops, that motherfucker should give a fuck about some germs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know what comic I read. I didn't even think about it. But, like, Wolverine is, like, the expert on STDs. <laughs> and I was like... No, he don't know fuck? nothing about no STDs. Well, no, he does, because he's like, oh, well, I've had chlamydia, AIDS, I've had it he all. He had anything. Well, no, he, he should gets... fight it off before no, it gets but, infected. But it gets to him, and then it fights it. And then that's it. But he's had it. <laughs> nah, dude. He's like, I've had it all. It just gets beat out. I can just fuck... Oh, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> you. <laughs> Crabs. Yeah, don't do that one. Don't hey, do that one. You get crabs, just cut the dick off, and just go back. Oh, God. It just curls right back. You can imagine he'd be like, he'd be like uh, so, hey, Wolverine, why, that's why he go just randomly fight the hand and shit. <laughs> hey, like, oh, so I just took him cut off. Bro. Hey, hand, what's up? That's like, nah. Trying to sword fight, bro. <laughs> why does Wolverine always show up naked after he go? <laughs> God damn it, Strick says that was the first sign of Bobby being gay. <laughs> <laughs> he did have a big old smile on his face, too. Let me he go had back. a big old smile on his face. I'll take that. <laughs> Here you go, daddy. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, shit. Anyways, so we're at a party. All right, yeah, so we're at a party. Um, Dazzle Pears, uh, Hailstorm is doing her water dice thing. Um, oh, shit. And Gene... Uh, who was feeling like, who's like over here like, look, I feel great. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, dude, that's cool. You know what the kids are calling you now? She's like, what? They call me Phoenix. Or they call you Phoenix now. Yeah. For that, no it reason. just came out of nowhere and just said, yeah, yeah. you're Phoenix now. Like, yeah, wait, you're what? Phoenix. Um, and they're like, all right. She's like, whoa, Phoenix. Yeah, that's cool. And that's the last time I think they say Phoenix. That was the only time they said Phoenix in um, the movie. So, essentially, um, she just keeps reiterating at nauseum, how she feels good, she feels good. Then all of a sudden, she flips. She feels terrible now. She feels terrible, and she, like, has, like, a telekinetic blast kind of uh-huh. explosion and breaks some trees. Fucks up the whole party. Fucks, yeah. She bumped the table. 
Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I, you know, shit so came. the party stops, you know what I mean? And they're like, okay, hey, look, you know, we need to get in your mind now because you're having an outburst. And they go in her mind and they're like, wow, you're fucking powerful, like we discussed mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so Charles has to use Cerebro to get up in her head. Mm-hmm. And of course, he's taking Mystique and Beast with her, with him. And once again, they reiterate once again, oh yeah, she hella powerful. <laughs> She's hella powerful. <laughs> she hella powerful. Like, they really push that to you with yeah. nauseam. Yeah. Um, so basically, uh, a part that we kind of skipped over was that the movie starts with young Jean. With oh, Jean yes. as a kid. Yeah. Jean's driving with her parents. And yes. all of a sudden, her powers kick in. And she accidentally makes her mom in the crash and the mom dies. And so it goes to uh, her waiting outside some hospital and Charles Xavier walks up to her and says, Hey, I'm going to take you from here. Your parents didn't make it. I'm going to take you from here and go forward. And we're going to be good from here on out. So now basically with her powers going haywire, basically you find out. And remember when I said earlier, they made Xavier more of a dick than he already is. Like we already know Xavier's a dick, but basically Xavier put blocks in her mind to completely X out the fact that her dad is still alive. She's like, wait, what? (laughs) Because so now that she's going crazy, all those mental blocks are going down. Mm -hmm. And the mental blocks are like, she's like, wait, 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 my dad is alive. And so she uses her powers, finds this nigga, and just flies out to him. And and of course, he freaks the fuck out. Like, oh shit, you're not supposed to know my existence. Uh, what you doing here, cuz? Yo, what's good? <laughs> I don't know you shit. <clears throat> yeah. And the best part is that motherfucker stayed in the same house. Yeah, still there. He didn't even move. And so she goes in the house. She realizes there's no pictures of her there. Yeah. So now she's getting pissed off now more and more and more. Totally forgets that she can read minds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> she can just read his mind and figure out everything. But, and he know, says but. to her, fuck it, yeah, you ruined everything. You ruined my life. My wife was the best thing. You killed us. I haven't been able to work again. Blah, 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 blah. So. So I sold you. Yeah. So I gave you off. Yeah. And yeah. I needed needed some McDonald's. uh, (laughs) I needed some. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you were what I had. You sold the thought of some chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets. Some chicken nuggets. Oh, bro. You know, Xavier had Happy Meals a lot. Dead ass. Like, Where's the toy without a toy? He's like, no toy needed. Dead ass. So like, so basically, so, so now she's like upset and angry and fucking shit up. So they, so they find her, and they pull up on her, and she's all like, I'm powerful, leave me alone. And so they're like, all right, we're gonna take her down. So they say, hey, Quicksilver, go get her. Quicksilver's like, I am on it. So Quicksilver runs up on her, like, and so since she's destroying stuff. There's woods flying everywhere, and he's running so yeah. fast, he's jumping on the wood to attack her. You saw this in the trailer. You saw it in the commercials. Yep. He's running up the thing. She she, she is able to move fast now. Yeah. <laughs> well, remember God-like powers. See, oh, see oh, you're oh, forgetting what they really okay. nauseum. She's stupid powerful, bro. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, they like, to, they, right. They're going to have to build a new computer to measure her power. <laughs> all right, we roll with that. So... All she does is takes one of the wood pieces out of the way, and so he falls and hits the ground pretty hard. Yeah. Um, 
Because he can't tell at super speed where he's going. I guess. No, no, no. Let's roll with that. Okay, fine. So now, Quicksilver's done for the whole movie. Yeah, he don't heal fast. That's his problem. He moves fast, he heals slow. Like, he's done. We're only like 20 minutes in. Yeah. And he's done so. For the whole film. I was like, damn, for real? Like, that, that's just it for him? Like, yeah, bro. That's the end? Slow. That's career ender right there? Yeah. Like, what happened, bro? I'm cussing Bruce everywhere, fam. I mean, I got splinters, yo. Bro, bad splinters, bro. And oh, Splinter Man ain't here, bro. So we, what are we going to do? <laughs> I gotta wait till Splinter Man shows up. When he's back in town, he's gonna all Splinters. Yeah. And so then she's fucking everybody up. No one knows what to do. Scott's screaming, Jay! Yep. <laughs> Hella times. Mystique walks up to her and she says, Wait, I'm not gonna give up on you. Gene, I'm here for you. Because it's a very deep established relationship that we've had for I a long guess. time. I guess. Yeah. He's just like, I'm here with for you. I'm not gonna give up on you. And then Gene pushes her away. And then she gets pushed into Wolverine claws. No, no, close. She got pushed into uh, some splintered wood that stabbed her. She got wood. She got. She did get wood. And <laughs> Beast. Okay. When did Beast fall in love with Mistake? Was that in first class? Uh, it was be. I don't know, maybe between the last, like, 50 years that they've known each other. I was like, wait, he's taking this really hard. Like, like it was sad, everyone was sad, but Beast was like, oh my god. Like, he was just so Beast upset. Beast didn't even take an umbrella to the funeral. Beast the only one to take an umbrella to the funeral. Storm did. Storm should have gave that nigga the umbrella. Storm anyway. would just stop being stopped raining. <laughs> Does it have to be raining? God man? damn it. Sunny Sky Storm, thank you. And so... And so she dies. Uh, uh, Jean leaves. Just fuck everybody. I killed this woman accidentally. Oh, yeah, no, because remember, she also flipped over some police cars. Oh, yeah. So that's what happened first. I think then the dad called the police. Uh, or, or did she start fucking shit? Yeah, she started no, fucking shit up. The police came because she's fucking Oh, oh yeah, the police came because she was fucking shit up. Yeah. And she just destroyed the police cars. That's when the X Men hopped in and tried to stop her. They were like, we gotta put her down because she's about to fuck up all this good shit. <laughs> Raven's death proved the movie had stakes. Get it? Uh, I do. Stakes. Yeah. She's a vampire. I, I get it. She's not a vampire. <laughs> I get it. Um, yeah. Um, good one. Ha ha ha. But, yeah. Um, but don't, don't. Sh- so, yes, so, so now, like, so now Jean just leaves. Fuck accountability. Yeah. <laughs> She's just out. I'm out. Good. She's good out. luck with all that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I'll see you when I see you. So the X-Men come back fucked up. They're like the Golden State Warriors right now. The team is all fucked up. <laughs> everyone's hurt. Everyone's dead. Um, uh, no, no one's dead. They bury her. Like, Another Ghost scene that pisses died? me off. Huh? Ghost of Warriors died? They're dying. Ooh. Yeah, it's not good. Actually, there's fatalities. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so... <clears throat> so they have the funeral. And of course, Storm has an umbrella. Yeah. What? Well, I mean, what? You think... I mean, she's not... You gotta remember, this isn't the storm that you know who's, like, all in touch with the atmosphere. This was Breeze. Breeze! Hailstorm! Yeah, no, this was Breeze. Breeze! Who got upgraded by Apocalypse to Hailstorm. Ah! Remember? I okay. mean, the storm of the comic books was always an Omega-level mutant. Right, right, but right. this Breeze, right. she got upgraded to Hailstorm by right. another mutant named Apocalypse. That's another or, thing. Or, I'm sorry, Ivan Ooze. Ivan Ooze. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
Shut up, MDF. Ella, Ella, Ella. Under my umbrella. Ella, Ella, so. One thing I noticed. Storm Storm never. Hailstorm. Hailstorm never manipulates the weather. Why would she? Because she's Storm? Well, she does. No. She makes lightning. That's not manipulating the weather. That's just generating lightning. You do realize lightning's effect of the weather. But she shot it out of her hands. Right, so she manipulated her fingertips. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Knock it off. No, she does She does later in the movie. Remember? Oh, oh, for no oh yeah, she does that for no reason. Okay, all right. Yeah. For, I'll give you that bullshit. All right, I'll give you that. They, right. they were like, they were almost done with the movie. They are like, holy shit, we forgot. Dead <laughs> 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 ass. So, okay, so... Oh, my God. So now everyone's <laughs> sad. Um, Beast is, like, fucked up. Like, he's like, oh, my God. Oh, Gene has to die now. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait, what? We gotta kill Gene. <laughs> we gotta kill Gene now. She killed Mystique. That's a hell of a 180. Hey, no, it's not. Because remember, like you said earlier, they didn't give a fuck when she was gonna die. Earlier. <laughs> when Gene was gonna die in space, oh, I was like, eh, it's business. I guess not. It's but so- we ain't gonna let Mystique out there. <laughs> So now Beast is like Murder Beast, and now be- Dark Beast is in Dark movies. Beast is here, and uh, Dark Beast is like, okay, we have to kill Gene now, yeah. because and fuck all the years of training and being good, nah, fuck that, she gotta go. <laughs> and Professor X is like, this is my kid, bro, I can't, like, kill her, but at the same time, I mean, and I don't remember this that much in the last movies, mm-hmm. maybe I just wasn't paying attention, but mm-hmm. Professor X is one hell of an alcoholic. That motherfucker stay on the bottle. Yeah. Like, they made a point yeah. to show him on every scene he was in. He was like, I got another bottle. <laughs> like, you're like, oh, that's why you got the X-Men. So you keep the bottles coming. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Just just, just take over a guy driving an alcohol truck. Like, yo, come here. <laughs> come to the mission. <laughs> come over here. Hey, man, uh, you got a tall can over there? Uh, <laughs> I can't come, go into this fight without a tall can. Come to Westminster. Come to Westminster. <laughs> go, go, go. <laughs> Uh, Don't drink uh, a chair. said, remember that Raven wanted to run off with him. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Raven didn't want to run off. So, yeah, he was pissed. <clears throat> he was upset because he didn't even want to do this shit in the first place. Yeah. And now his, gone, his girl is gone. And so, now we go. Oh, my God. So, now, Gene goes to an island. A homeless encampment in the sea. That's a, I guess this is supposed to be Genosha. It was. Was it? I don't think they ever called it that. But it had to, man, because it's a... Show you guys what it looked like. <laughs> this is Genosha. That was Genosha. Okay, no, because remember, and here's the thing you got to count into it. Whether they called it or not, it was a U.S. sanctioned island in the middle of the sea that was a haven for mutants mm-hmm. given to Magneto. Yeah, yeah. So, Genosha. Now, in the comic books, Genosha is like this epic, large place of splendor that was eventually destroyed by a grouping of sentinels uh-huh. um, that came, you know, to, uh, that came by Cassandra Nova um, mm. to wipe out, you know, I mean, in Xavier's name, to wipe out a whole bunch of mutants. Then it looked all kind of fucked up, but it still looked better than this shit. Um, like, it literally you. looks like a homeless encampment. Like, I'm none a- of you are using your powers there. And Jeff says, you think Raven ever made herself furry for him? Ah! God damn it, Beast. Mystique could turn into a furry, I guess. 
I mean, she could turn into a furry. I mean, technically, anytime yes. she makes hair, she's a furry. I guess. So if she can make hair on her head or eyebrows, she can make hair Every anywhere. Every time she makes hair, she's a furry. I <laughs> uh, Plus, in those of us in apartheid state, absolutely. Right. Here's my issue. So, I mean, they made that Genosha. Why did they give Magneto on island? Because they, because they were like, hey, look, what did you guys hear about in the comic book? There's a place called Genosha. All right, let's do that. My question is, you're not wrong. They, they had 40 bucks to film in the homeless encampment, and they took it. You're not wrong. My question is, why is the government giving him an island? Did this nigga try to kill everybody like three fucking yeah, times? Because they haven't been able to kill him. And so they're like, all right, nigga, here's an island. Well, you got to understand, it's a negotiation tactic. And I they, guess. They didn't go better into the police. Like, they should have gone more into the government stuff in the beginning. Like, they should have had a little flashback about how, like, Charles negotiated with the government for this. They decided rather than try to eliminate and lose lives on attacking the problem, but dog, they give mutants a safe haven. And next two, they had my nigga in the plastic prison. That was that time I was been destroyed. God right. damn it! The stop of the X franchise. Stop shooting this movie, man. No, we're making it. We're making the supercut. <laughs> all right, and in the supercut that she got makes sense. Stop shooting this movie, bail. Uh, it doesn't make sense. It didn't. No, okay. In right. the movie, I'm making sense of it now. So, so here's the deal. So, no, so Magneto. You're, you're right. It was like random. So Magneto, no, you're right. Magneto got his people living in squalor. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I will not use any of my powers to erect anything here. To make any type of metal better for y'all. But then again, my man can't My man can't stop a propeller, so he probably ain't the oh, max for no. fuck's sake. There was a Native American mutant there. Is a res? Was it a res? A reservation? Was it? Damn, it was a mutant reservation. It was a res? It was, it was a, yeah, it was like a reservation. He said it was Native American. Was the dude with the hair, he wasn't black. That was Will Smith. God damn it. Yeah, no, see, everybody keeps saying his power was his dreads and his hair. No, his power was his neck. He got super. <laughs> super uh, thick. He has the ability to move his neck like, real, real like, hard. The whole movie, my neck was going yeah. like that. Because if he could just move his hair, he didn't need to do all this shit. That's what Medusa was doing. Medusa was just standing still. Yeah. Her hair was just grabbing his throat. Like each braid, each braid could have taken on a different X Men. And when the smoke clears his hair, <laughs> it's not like whoa, powerful, whoa, strong whoa, hair whoa, like, whoa, whoa, like Medusa. Tell that to Hailstorm. God damn it! But we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting ahead of ourselves. You're right. So. So she shows up to Magneto's spot and says, "For no reason." They had to throw Magneto in there somehow. Yeah. So she goes to Magneto to ask her him, "How did you suppress the evil? What? Why did she go to Magneto?" Well, because you got to understand. Uh huh. She has now killed approximately one person. Okay. Okay. So now she needs to go to a person who's killed many people mm-hmm. and discuss. How do I become less evil? Because although I've only killed one person, mm-hmm. I'm truly evil now. <laughs> all, I'm right? all the way evil I'm now. I'm total, deep down, dark evil. But technically, her kill count now is two because she killed her mom. Because yeah, that's um, dope. Damn. So, Damn. You know, I mean, if you kill your mom and then you kill your surrogate mom, uh-huh. which you know wasn't really like your surrogate mom, but I guess kind of was. Right, right, right. You know, they didn't really show that. But anyway, <laughs> um, you're uh, now totally evil. So you got to go to the most evil mutant you know. Uh uh-huh. Uh, essentially homeless now. Yeah. And just, you know, you know what's up. And, and so she goes there, and he's like, I'm not going to help you. Like, no, nah. he tells her he's going to help her first. Oh, wait, did he tell her that he was going to help her? Yeah, he yeah her okay, he's, he's like, all right, matter, I'm going to help Matter of fact, that was what was fucked up about the whole scene, because in what happened, it was like, dude, 
there was no reason for her to pull up outside. Like, remember, because he told her yeah. he had her back. He said, she ain't here. Yeah, Y'all need yeah. to roll. Bro, that, we got you on my motherfucking house, blood. <laughs> so, yeah. the, so, the, so, the, so the army pulls up in like three, four helicopters. Cash money is army, nigga. A navy, nigga. <laughs> I was so um so he pulls up so the so the army pulls up and says yo you're harvesting a mutant I don't know how they knew she got there oh well that's why I understand two choppers they was looking around so they went to the mutant haven which makes sense okay fine okay fine we'll have that we'll roll with that you can okay make, you can make some sense of that so they like, pulled up so they pulled up and says hey you're harvesting a mutant He's like, no, Magneto's like, no, I'm not. The general walks up to him and says, we don't want to have a fight. I felt like Soldier Boy. I was like, fight? <laughs> Drake, fight? Nigga, your whole crew is covered in metal. Yep. All of you. And the ships uh. you and the shit you came here on is completely made out of metal. Yeah. The fuck you mean, fight? I mean, and that's just Magneto. That's an island full of fucking weapons and mass destruction, that's what I bro. Say, fight, <laughs> nigga. This isn't a fight. Yeah. Oh, you must mean that very literally. You really do not want to <laughs> yeah, fight. Exactly. Oh, okay, I understand that. They that makes a lot of sense. That says they couldn't afford an a Magneto task force with plastic weapons. No. Nigga, they could have pulled up with bows and arrows. <laughs> uh, they could have pulled up with sticks. <laughs> yeah, bro. I mean, if not, Magneto could have had tons of trash there. I saw some aluminum cans and shit. I saw, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm pretty sure he has trash throughout the whole island. Yeah. Just in case it goes down. <laughs> yeah, he's going to pick up all the bottles, all the shopping carts, everything. He'll get on them. I'm weak as fuck. He's the whole homeless encampment at you. So he, um, so they pull up and they do that. And now Dark Phoenix comes outside and she just starts fucking everything <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, Magneto's looking like, what the hell? Yeah, Magneto's looking over there like, oh. I mean, because the best part is she was using her telepathy to listen to the conversation. Mm-hmm. And basically, like, they got to the point where Magneto was like, you need to pull, you need to roll out. This is sovereign <laughs> land. She ain't here. Mm-hmm. You need to dip. Mm-hmm. And it kind of sounded like they were about to dip. Yeah. And then she pulls up outside and was like, all right, it's time to start murdering folks. He just started just fucking everybody up. And... The scene that pissed me off months ago, and people were giving me shit about, when she was destroying the shit, the, uh, the the helicopter, and the propeller comes flying, and he moves out the way, he he, he slightly presses the up button, and Tekken did the sidestep, <laughs> and avoided the giant piece of metal coming after him, mm-hmm. and he just moves out the way. No! <laughs> This is Magneto. Is it's, it? it's Magneto. No, you're you're, okay. you're thinking of Magneto, the master of magnetism. Who this is that? Is, he's a comic book character. Uh huh. Now, see, in the movies, you have Magneto, the metal negotiator. <laughs> All right. So this Magneto needs to negotiate with metal before he can move it. Right, so right. There has to be some time, some struggle, some uh. force. See, in the comic books, you could shoot him from thirty different directions and he'll feel every bullet. Oh and stop God. it on the way to him. He felt the metal miles away. In the I movies, <laughs> he needs to like kind of have that negotiation first. Like, whoa, yeah. metal? Like, yo, please stop. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, line of sight. Gotta have <laughs> so I posted that online, and I had a bunch of stupid motherfuckers in my fucking inboxes saying, "Well, 
he couldn't. He didn't have time to stop it. So wait. So you're telling me that you're accepting the fact that he didn't have time to just stop it in thin air. But he had enough time to move out the way? Yes, because <laughs> here's what happened is uh-huh. you are thinking of the master magnetism. Okay. Right? This one, he can negotiate, but he's also got super speed and reflexes. Did Apocalypse's additional boost power for him, did that just go away? Yeah. Okay. A storm kept her, okay. but his left. But his left. His this left, yeah. Gone, I he, guess. he ain't get that no more. He ain't get that no more. I, I, guess, I, guess, I guess that's what we're rolling with. Like, yeah. I was just like, wait, yeah, what? Yeah, he, he back to um, first class Magneto. Yeah. So he goes to try I mean, to he's homeless now. Well, that is true. That uh, is true. A boosted Magneto would have at least built a decent, <laughs> decent crib. So he's like, all right, fuck it. Hey, stop. And she, like, almost kills him. Like, get the fuck off of me. <laughs> and then she almost kills him. And then she's like, okay, I got to leave again. I'm fucking everything up. So she leaves again. Um, Magneto was controlling dirt. And I'm telling you, I'm just like, wait, what happened? Well, now he lives in a dirty homeless encampment. Maybe he used up all that power, bringing used, all that dirt into the ocean. Know, yeah, he created the island. Yeah. Like, all right, this is... <laughs> so he got all this dirt. And he's like, all right, what are we going to put on it? I don't know. I can't do Magneto anymore. <laughs> can't even... I can hardly lift shit, guys. We're done. So... But yeah, no, and... <clears throat> Magneto from X-Men 1 was able to detect metal, small amounts of trace metal in people's bodies and pull it out. Yes. Um, Magneto, like when Magneto lifts the stadium and he keeps it whole, what people don't understand is Magneto technically has to sense all the metal there to be able to lift it. He's not just lifting like just one piece of connected metal. Like he's taking a lot of it with him and he's keeping it whole. Like that requires a greater sense of than what he can see. Uh Uh-huh. But... At the same time, that propeller was real, real fast. <laughs> so he only had enough time to just go like this. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't have enough time you know to just been stop better. It. You know what would have been even better? What's that? Is if they did it and they had Gene move him. Gene move him? Yeah. I would have liked it better. Well, if he stopped it. Like no, yeah. Scene. Well, no, he would have been cool. It's coming his way. Everyone moves out the way. Like, all the other mutants move out the way. It stops right in front of him. And then he just goes like this. He just moves it out the way. Yeah. Like, to look at what he's seeing. That's Magneto. Not the, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. And so, of course, he, she hits him, and now he's like, oh, this bitch gotta die now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, wait, why does she have to die now? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, she got, everybody gotta die. You know what I thought would have been cool, though? What's that? It would have been a suit, the dopest scene ever. Is if the propeller, like, you know, the plane would have broken apart and all these metal shards would have gone everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you see every metal shard that was going to hit a mutant stop from Magneto protecting them. Then you see a couple of the soldiers get cut up. And the general <laughs> dude looking at Magneto <laughs> and he's just like, <laughs> what, fool, what? What do you want? But it is what it is. Y'all pulled up here. If it yeah. like, it's a new haven, not, not an army haven. Poor <laughs> Fastbender. Poor Fastbender. I like Michael Fastbender, but you yeah. can tell even he's like, I-, I don't want to play this character ever again. <laughs> yeah. You can just tell he's like, I'm tired of this shit. Uh, Beast told him that Gene killed Mystique. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. So he Oh, yeah, that's him. right. So yeah. Beast So Beast shows up now. Yeah, everybody knows what his eye on this. Yeah, and uh, has yeah, easy access. Thank you for reminding me. Um, who who said that? Who who's what? Who said that Beast reminded it? Uh, 
MTF. Oh, MTF. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nah, Bees told him that Gene killed mistake. Thank you. So B shows up. Looking for a kill squad, I guess. <laughs> oh shit! Me versus other. Oh, you. Oh, you know. You yeah, know. You know. He killed Mystique, and so now everyone. Listen, man. Uh, shout out to uh, Meryl. Uh, Meryl, please. She said that there was things in the movie that. I mean, she said that she was afraid there are things that people are going to be upset about. This whole movie is about women in fridges. In fridges. Women in what? Women in fridges. You fridges? heard that? You heard that? You know that? What that statement, statement is? Okay. So basically, the whole uh, women refrigerator thing stems from a moment in Green Lantern, the Kyle Rayner run, where uh, he was. It was Major Force who he was fighting, and Major Force, for no reason, just found Kyle Rayner's girlfriend, killed her, chopped her up, and put her in the refrigerator, and yeah. that was his like reason to uh go and fight major force so they basically they're saying the death of a woman inspires everything okay like a woman has to die for everyone to be like oh shit <laughs> oh yeah this is all tied around mystique's early that's what i'm saying random ass death yeah so yeah. like that's yeah. gonna happen those takes are gonna come okay and so basically so now she has to die and Makes sense. Yeah, everybody has to die. Everybody <laughs> killed Jean. Everybody killed Jean. Yeah. Cause I mean, she did kill one person. Another woman. She killed one person. Yeah. Yeah. And I so, mean, some could argue by accident, but you know, hey, <laughs> we all know, we all know she was time to go. My beast, beast pulled up like we ride at dawn. <laughs> we ride at dawn. We about to ride on this bitch, and so he pulls up and does that. So now, if we just completely just glossed over. Jessica Chastain's character. <laughs> so a bunch of aliens. Oh yeah, Elder Barge. Yeah. So a bunch of aliens land on Earth. They're fucking scrolls. And but they can't. They're telepathic scrolls. The telepathic telekinetic scrolls. And the they're and, superhuman. Yeah. And so they go. They yeah. kill people and take their identities. Yep. Um. So that's why when you see the hashtag X Men Smith, that's supposed to be Jessica Chastain's character. I will be the first to tell you she's never called that. <laughs> she's never called that in the film. She's never called that. Yeah. She's called by her alien name. So, anyways, they go and find a dad and interrogate him, and he's like, "I don't want to talk to you guys." And so she says, "Oh, you have to, I have to kill you now." So she points at his chest, and his chest just caves in. Yeah. So now I'm like, wait, teacher, teacher, wait. When can she do that? <laughs> Apparently the whole time. And then she never does it again. <laughs> it's like, wait, so she can just take niggas out like that? <laughs> she yeah. can just kill everybody. Unless so, you're a mutant. The, then you automatically I, I have guess. resistance. I, I suppose so. Yeah, no, mutants you just can't do that. No. No. <laughs> you know why? Because no. they don't age. <laughs> All right? You can't just do that to people who don't age. Um, El Dabari. Yep. El Dabari. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, yeah, they pull up. They're apparently super powerful and telekinetic, and they've come for the Phoenix. Or, I'm sorry, the uh, Galactus. Galactus. The uh, Galactus um, that was out there. And uh, apparently they never, like, just pulled up on it. They've been just, like, chasing it for a long time and never been able to catch it, mm -hmm. I guess, because 
Um, None of this shit is really explained. Yeah. <laughs> None yeah, of it is explained. But I guess no, they explained that um, I guess it destroyed their planet. Like they was just chilling one day on a Tuesday, and it was about four o'clock, and the uh, black dust just ate their planet or ran through their planet. It yeah, just, like just killed their planet for no reason because it's black dust. Yeah, that's what black dust does. Up. And they just kept saying, the "Holy power. shit, the power!" Holy shit, black dust killed the Skull Throne world. It is Galactus. It, it is, is Galactus. It's Galactus. We killed the Scrolls Home Throne it World. It's Galactus. Yeah, exactly. I I'm didn't put that together. I'm with it. No, I'm just, yeah, exactly. We killed the Scrolls Throne so, World. That's the Galactus. Keep referring to it as the power. The power. And the power. And like, they yeah. don't really. It's well, because that's because Gene's the Phoenix. Really? It's not the Phoenix. Explained. I don't know. I don't know anything. All I know is that some shit goes inside Gene. They're trying to control it. They've been watching it, and now it goes inside Gene. It doesn't really explain why. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't even... Because even the Phoenix in the comic has had more than one host. This one has never had a host before. It just goes inside Gene. Galactus don't need hosts. He needs heralds. Yeah. And <laughs> so Gene was the hero. So hero. okay, fine. So the girl didn't lack dust. So so so, Gene goes and cries in a corner, and she's just sitting there like, oh, I don't know what to do. And yeah, because she killed one person. Exactly. And so Gene, and so Jessica Chastain's character finds her. Of course, she's in New York at a bar. <laughs> at a bar. Oh yeah! Oh, oh she yeah. was in the bar. Remember, she wasn't crying yet. Yeah, she wasn't crying. Was two yet. scenes later. Yeah, yeah. She was in the bar drinking because she was in the bar drinking. alcohol <laughs> solves all problems all in problems. the X Men universe. There's a lot of alcohol consumption in this movie. This, which is also shows Gene's got to be a fucking adult because yeah. they regularly get fucking drunk. We went from those kids to Bro. I'm in a bar drinking, but that's okay. Yeah, Xavier has like four bottles, <laughs> like whole bottles through the movie. And so Jessica Chastain's character takes Gene to this hotel place. No Shiar? No, there's no Shiar in this movie. What's what the hell is a Shiar? What is a Shiar? I don't know anymore. I don't know. It sounds anymore. like a bird-like alien or something like that. There's no bird creatures. All right, we had <laughs> we had El Dabari. Oh shit! The Super Scrolls. Bro, we all got telekinesis oh, and oh, and don't really use it. So then we get no, nah, they really used it. Wait, one time, that one time, one time, <laughs> that one time. So then we get to the to okay the the Bari El Dabari, they they have taken over our hotel. I guess. Yeah, it's not explained. They're yeah. just all in a hotel. They got great credit. Yeah, and so Xavier says we gotta go find them first because he's like, oh my god, beast. It's trying to kill her. We gotta go stop him. So he grabs Cyclops and Storm and Nightcrawler. Uh, my, um, uh, uh, Magneto has Beast. I uh, I whip my hair back and forth. It's <laughs> some random woman who has psychic powers who I'm now being told is Celine. I mean, I I'm like, no. Was Selene a telepath? I don't remember. Selene had a host of powers, I thought. Selene had, like... She could, like, resurrect you from the dead type shit. Oh, you have to see. You have it ready to go. Look at you. I do have that. Nice. I do, I do have that. Uh, Selene. Selena Gomez. There we go. That'll pull it to it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see what she does. Is she a telepath? I know she rivaled the the White Queen. Let's see. Hey, look, a Dark Phoenix ad right there. Oh, shit, it's not going to help it. 
Powers, psychic vampires, telekinesis, pyrokinesis, telepathy. Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. I didn't know that. Because God damn, bro. She should have been killing everybody. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, that wasn't Celine. That's just what we're calling her. <laughs> that wasn't Celine. Celine can, like, resurrect niggas. Yeah. Like, Celine's an external. <laughs> She's a sorceress. She has pyrokinesis. <laughs> she has superhuman strength, endurance, reflexes, and speed. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on now. No, I'm dead ass. So... Yeah, and great expenditures of her power cause her to age and shit. Go back to the chat. He's, uh, Kaiju says, didn't Mystique move her heart in the original series and all this about... Listen, man. <laughs> I said the same shit. I said, why did she not... Also, is it possible to stab... For Mystique to die from a stabbing injury? Yes. How? If she has 100% control of oh, her organs. No. Every Oscar loses some of that control. <laughs> so, yeah. So, each time she got an Oscar, she lost part of her ability to turn blue for longer. I guess. And her actual comic abilities. Look. I are, guess. These are very obviously none of the comic book character powers. I guess. Like said, zero G running Quicksilver. <laughs> uh, body exposed Nightcrawler. Hailstorm. Because... Like I said, Scott is the only one where they're like, look, lasers out of his eyes. Done! We got that one. I've read, I've read comics where, like, she's made... Like, she gets stabbed in, like, a vital organ, and she just grows another one. Bro, why are you in comics? Oh, yeah, I don't read comics. You're right. Yeah, My bad. Don't Shit. do that. I mean, it's, don't do that. That's why they're weird. They're fucking you up, man. But that's what I'm saying. Kaiju said the same thing. In the first movie, Wolverine does stab her. Yeah. <laughs> And she went on to become the president, didn't she? Well, yeah. Did she take become the president? Or the governor or some shit? Yeah, but this is Jennifer Lawrence. Ah, Mystique. That was Mystique. Okay. You know, it's because she would always change. And she would never just be Rebecca Rose-Dales. She would be Mystique. <laughs> this one's Jennifer Lawrence. This is Jennifer Lawrence. Who could sometimes change blue. <laughs> that's her power, is to sometimes change blue. Just sometimes change blue. Yeah, that's her That's her mutant power. I don't read comics. So. Yeah. So, oh, you're right. I, was good for you. I was wrong. Um, and thank you, Annie and Jay, die a lot for the raid. We love you guys. We're glad we can catch you so we can raid. Well, <laughs> much thanks. Appreciate it. We appreciate you. Um, <coughs> she got a um, gnarly scar. Gnarly scar from the stabbing. Which I was willing to forgive. <laughs> because, in all honesty, I'm like, uh, she shouldn't have a scar. She has 100% control, control of her molecular structure. Everything. Yeah. She can harden it. She can soften it. She can mm. rebuild it. She can replace it. Yeah, the only thing she can't do is just add mass and diminish mass. Are we sure about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in her character profile. That's why she can't do like Plastic Man and become like gigantic something. She can't become like an elephant. From my knowledge, <coughs> I don't read comics, so I'm open to being wrong about this. Okay, no problem. She can do it, but it fucks her up. I've seen comics on Google where she's grown extra limbs and shit. <laughs> yeah, but she would then be shorter in height. So she can work with the mass that she has. She can't add additional mass from an extra dimensional source. Hmm. And she can't shed mass hmm. much to be able to get it back. Hmm. So she doesn't like, she can't like, like Plastic Man can add and grow mass. Well, and Pla- Plastic Man is a whole different. Can't like, just become can, anything. Like, that's just. Yeah, it's a different power. Okay, system. right. That's like, so she's. A megamorph, but she's a megamorph with certain limitations. Like other characters, like for example, Beast Boy is another one. Okay. Beast Boy can add mass. Right. 
I mean, I get what you say. It's more like <clears throat> Mystique. She's different than like a Miss Marvel. Yes. So okay. okay. So they're all considered megamorphs, but they have different <laughs> properties. Where you know, like you said, there's expansion in some megamorphs where they can stretch and things. Like technically, Reed's considered a megamorph. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you absolutely. know what I mean. But and he I also out. can't, like, you know, he can't change his color. But he, he can't can, do certain. But things he like can that. become Mexican. <laughs> he can become Mexican. He can become Mexican. Can become I didn't Mexican. know that was that yeah. wasn't on the yeah. <laughs> official handbook guide for Fantastic Four. Oh man, can't become but Mexican. He can't grow his friend back. Secret, don't do that. She said, "Is Plastic Man a dude from the Flash?" No. That's not Flat Man either. It's Elongated Man. Who was basically the whole concept of Elongated Man was that DC Plastic Man was on another company and DC really liked Plastic Man, so they decided to completely rip him off. Yeah, and call him Elongated Man. Yep, with his uh, gold formula. Yeah, <laughs> god damn it! A lot of Wasn't it like he drank some like yeah, it was cola, gold, gold, whatever? But my question with that was like, how come no one? There's no one else drink this. Nope. There's no one else drinking. Nope. <laughs> no, I think later on they went to say something like he had a certain mutation because it passed down to like his kid or something like oh, that. Oh man, uh, it was dumb. It was, it was dumb. pretty dumb. Um, uh, okay, so let's keep yeah, moving. So, so we'll keep it moving. So, so now, okay, so the reason why I was bringing up Celine because that was the name of the character. Magneto has a random like MTF says. Shout out to Kimber for keeping up the tradition of people of color barely named, barely dialogue, having villainous henchmen who all die. Yeah, <laughs> apparently she can sense mutants. Yeah. Um, she's a telepath who doesn't know when other people are in her head. Yeah. Uh, because Professor X just sneaks in her head, but then later on has trouble dealing with her telepathy. Um, so, <laughs> so now we have, and this is not a joke, an epic battle. Epic. Of, of The climax. Of Frogger. <laughs> yeah, why were people still driving? Of, of, of niggas, the whole concept of this fight is crossing the street. Yes. That's the whole concept. It's just, hey, we need to cross the street. Hey, we need you to stop crossing the street. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to stop you from crossing the street. And so we have a fight. Um. Oh, yeah, and Cyclops gets the one F-bomb. Because I don't know a lot of y'all know, every PG-13 movie, they are allowed one F-bomb. Yep. Most of the time, people don't even just use it. It's not necessary. But if you want to use it, you can. And so... Give it to Psych. Cyclops says to Magneto, Magneto, Eric, I'm going to fucking kill you. It is the most unbelievable F-bomb ever used. It it feels so forced. Fucking kill you. (laughs) Bro, I'm a fucking kill It feels like... It literally feels like somebody like dubbed over that scene just to add that. Like <laughs> that's how forced that. it feels. Absolutely. Like it doesn't feel like like it's like when uh it's like when you hear somebody um remix a song on the radio to take out the curse words in like a two short song. Or like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And like it'd be like thirty curse words in a row. Watching like House Party on uh, like USA. Oh, yeah. like that. <laughs> I'm gonna knock you the flork off. <laughs> like what? I saw one of the dudes said, "I'll knock you the French toast." <laughs> the French toast, like goddamn. I'm just like you know how to curse word. What the French toast? 
French toast. What the French toast? I don't know, man. I can't explain it. Can't explain it. But yeah, no, it's a it's a battle of Frogger. Yeah. Um, three on three. No, is it four on four? It was four on three. It was four on three because it was like you said, it was Celine, Beast, Magneto. Oh, it was four on four. Celine, Beast, with my hair. Yeah, with my hair. What the fuck is this dude's name? Willow Smith. Um, <laughs> okay, so Celine, Willow, uh, uh, Beast, and Magneto yeah. versus Storm, Cyclops, Nightcrawler, Xavier. Now, there's really only now Celine and comic book Celine and Magneto could get that work. <coughs> that could work. Easily. But the true MVP on the villain team was Willow Smith, baby. <laughs> Willow Smith. Gave my man was like, oh problems. shit, my nigga was like, <laughs> he was, I hurt my neck just now, nigga. Oh, shit. Uh, dude, that acting role, man, I don't know, I couldn't give my neck to that role, I'd be like, can I do something else? I know, right? He was whooping them niggas ass. Yeah. Dude, but he like, storm problems. Here's what upset me, because I was thinking, okay, this nigga has hair prowess. Okay. His hair doesn't grow. Nope. It just stays there. It just moves. No, it doesn't stay there and move either. Oh, well, we got to whip it. We got to whip it in. <laughs> <laughs> My nigga. Because he totally, like, I mean, he was, I don't understand, like, the point. Like, it would have been almost more dope if he would have been doing things and his hair would have been doing a lot of the stuff. So a little bit. It barely did anything in the That's dome. true. Like, the vast majority of the time, it was him going, ah, ah, ah. Man, that would piss me off. Cyclops would have been like, nigga. <laughs> Cyclops would be like, yeah, Storm. Like, she grabbed Storm. Storm would have been like, lightning. Okay, goodbye. You're done. Wait, she didn't use her frost powers now. No. Nope. freeze this thing off. That's no moisture. You're ah, freezing not like shit. space. Listen, man, you're freezing shit in space. <laughs> you should be able to just do some sub-zero shit. Yeah. Like, it was, it okay. had to be the weakest fight, I think, of every... Of every X Men movie, this was the least climactic fight. And I just ever. feel like in the movie while they were making it, they film that scene. They're like, "All right, guys, good job." Someone rolls up and says, "Wait, we need Magneto to lift something big." Oh yeah, He's there we in need every him movie. to lift something big. They're like, "All right, well, we're surrounded by cars. He could just lift the cars." No, it's not big enough. Not big enough. No, it's not big enough. Why don't he? Why don't he pull a subway from the ground? It's okay. A, so okay, like, that sounds like a cool idea. I think that's a cool effect scene. But why would he do that? It doesn't matter. He needs to, he needs <laughs> to lift something big. But damn it! It's, All right, if we're gonna direct this scene, this awe-inspiring scene at the <laughs> climax of the movie, we have to have some do something with the train. What? What could he do with the train? Just lift it from the ground and then use it to block the door. Block the door! Block oh, the door! I'm gonna hold the door! Hold the door! Hold the door! Ah, shit! Hold the door! Everyone's fighting and getting fucked up. <laughs> Poor Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Uh, 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 Xavier's like, yo, Nightcrawler, go take that chick out. Go, go teleport across the street. And the other teleporter girl's like, no, get back here. Oh, by the way, Nightcrawler can teleport clear across the oh, door shit. in one jump. Oh, shit. One jump. Oh, shit. One jump. Oh, God. No I more two miles at a time. None of that. the worst thing in the whole fucking yes. movie. Yep. 
Nightcrawler okay. can teleport all the way across New York. Listen to me. From Westchester, so with that show clear out of West, nowhere. They're in Westchester, New York, right? And MTF, maybe you can help me out. How far is New York City from Westchester? Like, let us know. Um. Anyway, it's pretty far. Yeah. <laughs> and Xavier says, we need to get there right now. So they all come together. First of all, it Nightcrawler can't just teleport hella niggas like that. <laughs> Yeah, it's exhausting. Yeah, he can't do... Also, he can only move like a mile and a half a jump and that hurts him. He can move two miles horizontally and one mile vertically. And it hurts him. Like, he's like, I can, but that fucks me up. (laughs) I mean, he is drained like a motherfucker. And when he teleports people, he's (laughs) drained as well. So Xavier says, this is where we need to...